special episode of Zapped to the Past. I'm your host, Adrian Mills, and I'm joined, as always, by Graham Raddings. Why is this a special episode? Well, it's the end of the year. It's the end of 1986, so this is where we round everything up and talk about what was the best, what was the worst, what made us laugh, what made us cry, what made us angry, what made us anything, whether Nick Berry deserved to be in the charts, anything really, anything that comes to mind. But mostly, we're going to give out a load of awards. So this is the Zapped to the Past 1986 Golden Breadbin Awards. Cue applause. You can insert applause there. Yeah, you just do that and put some applause in. Yeah, shoo. Just okay, two or three right. people like a golf clap. Like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's what we need. Hey, 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 um, hey. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so this is what we're doing. So this is... Uh, this is the awards ceremony. So let's have a let's have a let's have a look. What did we think to 1986? Graham, what did you think to 1986? Now it's all done and dusted and I, I'm going to amaze you with some stats after you've spoken so you can well it was it. an intermediary year so it was it was it was <laughs> sandwiched in between 1985 and 1987 obviously but in gaming obviously, terms yeah. it started it's it was a game of highs and lows 86 wasn't it it was those were the games they were high and they were low and if they were crap generally speaking they were really crap um it just it seemed like Certain developers, certain teams were starting to find their feet a little. And so some games came out that were starting to just sort of grab the machine a little bit, start to flex some of the machine's capabilities and muscles a little bit. They were less reliant on arcade conversions, more original games coming forward. Even if they were a little bit arcade inspired, there were still some nice ideas. We had less, I think, I think we had less spectrum ports and but you didn't feel like it in the last few episodes but i think we had less of those <laughs> more commodore 64 games towards the end of 96 really starting to show off some graphic capabilities sacred farm of Antiriad, um what was the one with the spider robot in it i can't remember the name of iraq it. iraq it's just there's, a, there's quite a few of them actually that came out in the last sort of few episodes i think we've seen a technical turning in the of the corner for want of a better description or at least the beginnings of it and then there's been some 
games in the in there thrown in mercenary for example and stuff like that that probably we should have been all over and you know everyone loves these games and yeah they just don't connect they didn't seem to connect with certainly with me and i don't think some of them did with you and then i think when games have been disappointing and this is this is my takeaway from this year actually this is the year of the really disappointing licensed games where so many games were licensed that had great opportunities great content great stories great characters great everything and they just completely shit on it from a great height. Um, so, you know, just Knight Rider, V, you know, there's just two that I can think of. But there's, there's, there's literally loads of them. And that was my greatest disappointment is that um, if, this, if these things, and, and there's a question, I suppose, if these games hadn't have come out in 1986, but had have come out in 1987-88, would they have been better? Are the games, licensed games, better? I mean, I suppose we'll find out in 1987. But my takeaway from 1986 was, I think, budget games ruled the roost in some instances in 1986. I think they really showed the full price games and gave them a run for the money, which meant that the full price games either had to be really good or they were going down. And some of them were just so shockingly awful, uh, the full price games, that it defies even releasing it. Um, whereas others, um, I mean, I think if I think of the standout budget games in there, Thrust, for example, or Spellbound, there's just a number of others. Just I just think that some of those titles which were and there's some of those titles were also a really good grounding for the coders and programmers and graphic guys that are really starting to show off and will become really 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 potent in 1987 and of course we even had our very first taste of sensible as well so that's my take okay a, a real mixed bag of a year and um, better than the previous year which was a mixed bag and when you put your hand in it there was a mouse trap and in that and that mousetrap actually snapped your fingers off and then covered you in shit at least there was a couple of <laughs> couple of good games in there. This year, there was better games generally, but let down by some really poor licensing variations, some really great budget games, but also likewise some real stinkers. And I don't, I still, I'm still on the fence about whether I like the idea of some of those really early 1984 games being budget released in 1986 because some of them just felt like cash grabs. But mixed bag of a year for me. What about you? Yeah, yeah, pretty much the same. Like I said, I'll go through some stats and some some bits and bobs in a moment, but. Um, I think the thing that stood out for me, I, I would be slightly more, because whether you're saying the lack of Spectrum ports, that's a good thing. I'm seeing that a lack of full price 1983, 1984 cash grab American software that we saw so much of towards the arse end of 1985 and throughout mm. 1985 stuff. And we, you know, we, we rightly got very annoyed with so much of it. Um, I didn't quite mind it when it was done at a, a budget price. It's like, you know, these games are a couple of years old. You know, if you want to give them a go, they're a couple of quid, 299 two quid i'm okay with that some of them are garbage yes um, things like neutral zone um and things like that spring to mind but again interesting historically as a the first of the carver games um so there's some some bits and bobs that you know i found myself um kind of a bit more lenient with these things because they were sort of they were you know appropriate price appropriately priced and i think you know what you said i think one of the things you said a, a few couple of episodes back a few episodes back was the uh, the Sunday afternoon test? Um, mm. Would it, would it pass a rainy Sunday afternoon if you got one of these games? And I think half of these cheaper ones probably would have, you know, if you were bored and they might give you a bit of enjoyment, half an hour, a couple of hours, something like that. And that's not so bad, I suppose. On the other hand, I think I'm in complete agreement with the the dirge of licensed software yeah. that we have seen um, on so many of these games, and it's quite quite disheartening at times um, because. You know, you get games like Knight Rider, you get games like Miami Vice, you get um, versions of games like Dragon's Lair, which just are just either crap or weird or just 
you know utterly pointless um you get the weird scrolling in things like marble dullness um <laughs> you you get that sort of thing and and it's like this weird sort of space where like anything will do just just release stuff get stuff out and we've seen that and you know the number of games obviously that we've been looking at has gone up quite considerably um and so that's you know part of that is just because just release stuff just get stuff released mm. um and it's hard sometimes i mean it's you know good to have a magazine like zap or whoever to churn through some of this stuff but even then you know there weren't you know our taste will never align properly especially 35 years on but even back then our taste will never align i was never a big mercenary fan no. just wasn't for me it wasn't for you it wasn't for me it wasn't for us it's one of those things. So if you're expecting to see Mercenary in the best game category, you might as well turn off. Um, <laughs> it's never going to happen. <laughs> it's just not going to be there. And I can't yeah, tell you how disappointed gonna, I am. <laughs> <laughs> he can't allow it. No. And I can't allow him to get to no. walk away with that award. No. It would it would reek of, uh, you know, in, in voting or whatever you would call it, rigged, vo- rigged voting. <laughs> and the winner goes to the mayor of Targ. No, we can't have that. So no. Um, but it's been a weird year, like an odd things, like and there's been a, but there's been on on the flip side, there's been some really, I think, exceptional experimental stuff that's been coming through. So that's not always hundred percent worked and not always met our taste. So things like mercenary, things like the Sentinel, things like Alter Ego, um, and things like that. And it was all, it's interesting as well to see how the year started with like the the sort of quadruple whammy of um, or the triple whammy, sorry. Of the Lucasfilm Lucasfilm games, so we mm-hmm. had Coronas Rift, Ballblazer, and the Eidolon in quick succession. There's just this massive, you know, high quality American software suddenly landing with a mm-hmm. with a massive splash, and like, wow, okay, where's this where's this kind of experimental weird stuff coming where from? Where did it and go? Sure, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it all went. I don't know. Someone pressed a point and click adventure and lost it mm-hmm. um, at Lucasfilm, I, I guess. Um, but yeah, so there was that weird sort of period where they just kind of released these games, and and then it kind of all just disappeared. So it's been an interesting year. Um, from my point of view, I think, um, from a historical point of view, I think 1986, maybe into most of 1987 was my, probably my peak Commodore 64 time when I was most sort of playing on it back half 85 through 86 into 87. So this is where I was back then. I was heavily into the Commodore 64 and playing lots of the games, all the games. That was a lot of my time was spent there. That will be drifting as we go into 1987. I know that for a fact. Um, so as we get towards the end of 1987, I'm probably going to be coming across a lot of games that I have no idea about. And as we progress forward, and I'm quite actually looking forward to that, but I'll probably speak about that towards the end. Um, so that's going to be quite interesting. But this is definitely when I was most most into the games, and I knew a lot of them, although there were still some weird weird diamonds in the rough, like things like, um, what's the weird mole bear one? Captured? Captive? Captured? Collapse. 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 Oh, the one yeah, with the little collapse. stick things. Yeah, collapse, yeah. Yeah, the mole. Th- things like that. And so, yeah, and you're right with some of the... Um, some of the uh, budget stuff as well. But just before we crack into our first award, I'm going to give you some stats. So here's some stats I put together. So how many games do you think we looked at this year? Well, I know how many it was, but... <laughs> oh, you've ruined it. <laughs> well, I knew before. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, well, it was 215. <laughs> 215 games have looked at this year. Bloody feels like it so, as well. So that is an average of 17.91 games per month, Yeek. if you're interested. So let's call it 18. So an average of 18 games per month. Um, do you know what game's got the highest score? I don't, actually. Um, that was 98% overall. With World Games, there was five. There was World Games, Mercenary, Ball Blazer, Alter Ego, and Spin Dizzy. What an odd so collection. Yeah. Do you know what got the lowest score? You probably do, actually. Well, that, that was it. bloody Robo Bollocks. You can't forget Robo Bollocks. You can't forget <laughs> that one. Yeah, 3%. 
Um, so there you go. There were 11 gold medals this year. Okay. Um, and 36 sizzlers. Right. Okay. I so thought there was more. I don't know bad. why. I always thought there was more golds than that. That's that's crazy. No, I checked through them all. 36 no, 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 is what I found. It. Wow. Um, and there were 14 games under 20%. That's Only quite 14. A lot. It's quite a lot. <laughs> it is. It's not great, is it? No. That's the whole issue's worth just about. <laughs> Um, and the average review score, which is pretty good, is 63.7%. So there you go. Okay. So that's pretty average. Sum, that, well, that sums up what I said about the year being kind of a uh, sort of a, a, a year between the, you know, where it was not, wasn't so good. And it's sort of that it's on the rise, I suppose, the average there. Maybe. I never should have done this last year. I might do it and put it somewhere. Um, but just to sort of round up. So I was quite interested in seeing what games got a, a 99% for something. Um, okay. So there was, there was a few. Uh, Mercenary got 99% for last ability. Uh, okay. Iridium. <laughs> Say so. Know, well, they, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, it's not for me to comment on. These are just stats. Iridium stats. got it for presentation and graphics. Okay. Uh, Thrust and Spellbound got it, both got it for value for money. Makes sense. Um, Solo Flight Plus got it for presentation. Okay. Uh, Slam Ball got it for value for money. Okay. Uh, Tau Seti Presentation. Mm-hmm. Kickstart 2, the 1 to 8 version, got it for value for money. The biggest one, and this was the biggest average score across the board in mm-hmm. the, in this year, was World Games. Right, got ninety nine percent in presentation, graphics, and sound. Oh my gosh, how many categories are there in total? Is it four or five? Six. Oh, six. It, it didn't get anything. It didn't get anything less than ninety seven percent. Jeez. Okay. Um, and Alley Cat and Boulder Dust Construction Kit both got ninety nine percent in presentation. Okay. I'm not surprised with Alley Cat. Um, and I suppose, as you point, rightly pointed out in the Boulder Dust Construction Kit sort of review, is very, you know, we both pointed out really that the Mario Mario Maker similarity and the clearness of the interface, I think, was was quite good. Mm. So there you go. Um, that's it. There's your the stats. There's some intro. That's, that's us. Um, shall we move on into our first award? I think we should. I think we should. So uh, let's get going because our first award is for best visuals. <laughs> All right, so right, so just a, a little bit of a introduction how we've done this. Before we came to this, instead of like just having a massive long list and deciding here and now, because it was you know had lots of um and is and us and ah oh, I don't know what shall I put in. We did it beforehand, so we both made a list of five games, um, and then we combined them. So you won't always get ten games because there's going to be some overlap. So these are our basically our list to choose from. Um, and we've got seven titles in the mix for best visuals. So we picked all five. We both picked our five and we both went for three of them. And those three were Robin of the Wood, Law of the West and Sacred Armor of Antiriad. So by law of averages, they're our top three. I mean, that's going to be it. I mean, the others, so we can just put them to one side. So the Eidolon, Hardball, Cauldron 2, Ace of Aces, excellent visuals, excellent graphics. We both appreciate them and I appreciate your choices and I'm sure you appreciate mm-hmm. the Eidolon and Hardball, but I think it's, We've both gone for those other three. We're going to say that one of those three is going to be our best visuals because we both picked it. And mm-hmm. it's going to be, you know, the Law of the Jungle here. You know, it's just yeah. uh, not say Law of the West, but Law of the Jungle. It's if both got picked, then mm-hmm. someone's you know, it's going to be one of them. So Robin of the Wood, Law of the West, Sacred Armor of Antiriad. Do you have a particular one that you would drop down on immediately yes. for the first first award? Yes, I do. Is that one Sacred Armor of Antiriad? Yes, it is. <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> Is that, is that the same for you? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, in all fairness, it was a late entry into the year, but both of us, it still is and stands out as one of the greatest graphical games on the C64. 
and so I think even though it's late into the year, right at the end of the year, actually, it came in and literally stomped its foot on everything else in terms of how it looks. And, and there's, there's still, even though some of the graphics don't work quite as well as you think they should, when you get into the, the Citadel, yeah, as soon as you get into that Citadel and you see all the flames and you see all the sort of the caves and you're going around, it's just, it's a beautiful looking game. It is. It really is beautiful. Crafting, crafting pixel work in that. Beautiful animation on the main character. And it has those edges over Robin of the Wood. Robin of the Wood is beautiful in terms of its woodlands. but it's And its sprites are good, but they're not as good as Sacred Armor's sprites. And there's not a lot mm. of them. Law of the West is really nicely drawn game. It is. And there's, you know, and Hardball, even though it wasn't in the top three, is an, also a very nice graphic game. Same purse, isn't it? Um, yes. yeah, maybe and Law of the West has got a really great look. It's just a very similar look. You know, it's kind of the same thing. It doesn't vary that much. Although what is there is great. So for me, it has to be Sacred Armor and the top best visuals because it's what I remember about it. Yes, I think you're right. I think for me, it's the, you know, I didn't go with Colton 2. That was, I don't think um, so. But Sacred Armor for me, it, I think you're right. It is those visuals. We used them in demos. You know, we, we loved them. That that title screen is, we did, yeah. you know, great. It's it's very simple, just as an Atiriad. It's a lovely title screen. From the presentation of the visuals, the sprites are well-drawn. The multicolored sprites, the single color sprites are a bit, you know, they're still well drawn and animated, but there's some, you know, the trees are amazing. The backgrounds are amazing. As you said, as you get into the caves and the Citadel, it's, it all looks great. And it's just a, a stunning looking game. And, it, and, you know, we said both said it at the time and returning to it, despite our, or despite probably my reservations about some elements of the game, one of those reservations was not the visuals because it looks amazing. And so I have no problem in calling that because it's also the variety. I love Robin of the Wood. I think it's great looking, you know, that's why I picked it. But I think... Uh, Sacred Armor has a, a much more, there's much more variety there in the visuals. Um, there's some lovely, you know, woody stuff in Robin of the Wood, and, and but it's the, the Sacred Armor just pips it, I think, for those kind of things. And Law of the West is, you know, single, well, not single screen because there's different backgrounds, but I, th I, I, you know, the sprites are full of character and everything and the little things in the background, but it is that single screen. And I think, I think you're right. I think there's more, just it's just the variety and the constant high quality of those visuals in Sacred Armor that do it for me. So there we go. That's it, I think. So the winner of the Best Visual Award. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't hear you there. <laughs> you just, your mouth was moving. I was like, no, no, I thought you'd gone. I actually said just... the name of the game wrong as well, so that's good that you didn't hear that. Um, anyway, right. the winner <laughs> of the, of the best, best Visual Award, award for 1986, 1986 is, is the Sacred Armor of Anturia. And rightly so, I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, well done, Palace. Well, well done. done. Well done, Palace. You did good. Golf clap. You did. Golf clap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there we go. That's our first award out of the way. That is the best visuals, and that is the Sacred Armor of Anteriad. Well done. Well done. Let's move swiftly along then um, to our next award. So our next award is going to be best sound. Not to be confused with best music. This is best sound. So best sound effects, should we say best use of sound within a game in and of itself so there's not many here there's only we've got six and that's because you only pick three what are we doing because only three deserve to be picked i'm afraid out of that list <laughs> uh, okay right well let's have a look what have we got in our best sound uh nomination we've got up first we've got so so this is for sound from the game as i said it's not music it's sound effects so we've got desert fox iridium cauldron 2 the pumpkin strikes back world games leaderboard and ace of aces so there we go. That's our six. Did we have, we only had two that we concurred on here. Okay. So we're going to have to batter out a third. So those two were Cauldron 2 
and World Games. Okay, makes sense. So there's some good alternate choices in there. And this is actually quite difficult because some of these games um, have really interesting use of sound. So Desert Fox, for example, really great use of speech and clever use of sound mm -hmm. in the game. Ace of Aces, really evocative sounds, really amazing aeroplane engine noises and all of that sort of stuff. Really captures that mm -hmm. feel in a similar way to Desert Fox, but in a different vehicle, really. And Iridium, I'm not so sure about because Iridium is just all sorts of random blippy bloppy noises. And that kind of is the same as there's a lot of games that sound like Iridium that aren't Iridium, but they have the same sort of sound effects. So Alley Cat, for example, is borderlines the same sounds as Iridium. So I don't know about Iridium so much as a third place. But leaderboard, I'm struggling to know what sound effects are actually in it other than... <laughs> See, leaderboard for me, it was the... Leaderboard is a is a quiet game. I'm not going to lie about that. But for me, leaderboard has few sound effects, but the, what sound effects there are are perfect. That little... That little... As you go, as the ball drops in the hole, it's it's a perfect sound of a ball dropping in a, a golf, golf hole, <laughs> which to me is like... And I can... That one little thing, and also the golf swing. It's just... It's perfect. It's, you don't want well, you know, you don't you don't want much else in a golf game. Maybe a golf clap, but that's why I put it in there. And and the reason when I went through all these thinking about best sound effects, it stuck in my head. So I'm quite prepared to accept it ain't going to probably be in the top three. I get it, but I wanted it in there because for me it stood out. It stood out yeah. doing exactly what it did perfectly. That's fair. It's uh, it's the sounds of golf. <laughs> sound of golf. <laughs> you know, if that's yeah. if that's your bag. Well, it's not my bag. It's just a really good sound effect. Okay. Which is, <laughs> okay. It's what it is. <laughs> it's just a weird thing. I just thought it was very good. Yes, yes. You know, it's not. I've got a lot of oral experience to compare that to. <laughs> um, so I'll take your word for it. But I think drop a golf ball. Drop a golf ball in a plastic beaker. But does that go, go over Ace of Aces or Desert Fox? No, no. And I think it, in no. actuality, I think it probably would top Iridium for me because Iridium is just lots of random blips and bloops. Or Albeit it's, it's, a, it's shoot them up noises, but they've yeah, done yeah. very well. And yeah, I, there's are. lots of other bits and bobs in there, but I did like that. I think my, my feeling is, and I don't know if you agree, that it's a sort of a it's a it's the World War Two sort of standoff, you know, tanks versus airplanes yeah. here. And I don't know. Um, I think if I was honest, if I was genuinely honest, although I didn't really like the game that much, I think Desert Fox is better sound effects wise because of the speech that's in it, and because it really does. When you do that radio and you're trying to tune into different things and you get the little speech, I think that really adds to the game. Ace of Aces is missing that. If Ace of Aces had little bits of speech coming over your airplane and little, you know, you know, uh, I don't know even how they speak, which so I'm not going to imitate a World War II bomber pilot, but that kind of, you know, that kind <laughs> of speech. Do. do it. I, I wouldn't even know what they said. Uh, you know, bombs away. description. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if that, had, if Ace of Aces had have had that little extra touch like that, I... Can't help but think that it probably would have topped Desert Fox because of the rest of it that really gelled. But I think I would say for a third place, I think Desert Fox, for me, out of those, I think Desert Fox is probably the one that's got, for me, even now I didn't like the game, has got the most memorable sounds in it, I think. Yes, I mean, that's why I picked it. That, and I would argue that Desert Fox, without its sound effects, wouldn't work. It, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. The, the, so the, the sound effects are... Kind of, you know, what they did with Scarabaeus last year, in a sense that they sort of make the game work. And and also as well from a mechanical point of view, from a game mechanics, those those sounds, the speech, they tell you where to go, what to do, who's mm. coming up, they're, they're part and parcel of it. Ace of Aces is a very good oral soundscape, shall mm. we say, but it's plain noises. It's just it's very a drone, good. isn't it? it? It's kind of a drone. It's, it's an, yeah, it's, it's evocative rather than 
in, integral, yeah. if that yeah, makes yeah. sense. No, no, we've, I agree. We've had other games as well, like Ace, Ace and things like that, which have done sound effects, you know, equally as well. I think so. But to me, Desert Fox, which is why I picked it, would would go in there, and I'm I'll, so put it in. Yeah, we go for yeah. Desert yes, Fox. I think Desert Fox is in the top three now, which means we have our three. We do. So we have Cauldron Two, World Games, and Desert Fox mm. as our top three now. Very different games. Yes, <laughs> yeah, this you is, couldn't be this more is, diverse, really. There. No. So we've got a hardcore platformer that is rock hard we've got a multi-event sports game and a world war ii tank we do simulator for want of a better word where do we start well <laughs> i think i suppose the question to ask is is your radar pointing at a specific game or are you still sort of is your compass spinning so is your compass is are you navigating towards one game or in particular is your are you landing on one or are you starting to think actually i can't decide because i've got i've got two in mind and one of which i feel is probably really deserving of that I it's I think it's the bottom two for me it's World Games or Desert Fox right is where I would drop. Okay. Um, Cauldron Two is good and I like the sound effects I picked them. Uh, but you know the the, the cackle of the witch mm-hmm. and everything and the bounce noise and the there are some very nice sound effects in there. But I I, I don't know whether it's to, to me they they're just good sound effects. It's, there's lots of games with good sound effects and, and I know that's what we're doing, but they didn't sort of to me add that much to the game itself really that surprises me with cauldron 2 yeah which whereas i'd say both with world games and desert fox they do there's there's they're just but that's where i'm dropping i don't know what about you i think cauldron 2's sound effects are completely tied into the thematic of that game so in every possible way however if we're going for spot effects and the things that go with it for me really i'd be lying if i didn't say world games just even if i mean it depends, really, because if you look, you can either have sound effects or you can look at the little intro tunes as part of the soundscape. And they're not music as such because they're not, we didn't fall into the best music. And, 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 and when I think about that, I think about that bagpipe sound. If, if we're including those, then yeah. Well, that, well they have yeah. to be included because this is in yeah. the sound effects. And I think they're actually more sound effects because the music in that is really the themes for the countries. Yes. I mean, and I, 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 that's what I said, World Games or Desert Fox. So yeah. if... It was. I was sat considering this when I was thinking about best music. Do I consider World Games and the intro? But then I thought, actually, no, I'm not going to. No. And that's why I put World Games here. So, so I think, yeah, I, I think out of the two, I would have, I wouldn't selected Desert Fox over Cauldron Two. However, as a winner for me, or at the top of the tree, World Games would be my number one out of those three, without a doubt. Yeah, I can get behind that. I, I can get behind that. I would, I would just my argument for Desert Fox is the sound effects are more integral to the actual game itself, which is why I would drop, yeah. drop for that. Yeah, I and think so, I, th- I can see it because, but I think if you took the speech out, there's not a lot there. Um, but the game wouldn't work. Well, exactly, and that's my point. Whereas Cauldron 2's sound effects are kind of they're a part of the thematic of the game. That kind of when you drop off things, you get the kind of you know the almost cartoon like sort of yeah yeah, yeah. noise. Yeah. And but that said, you know it doesn't matter what's came. Second, World Games for me, again, it's memorable to me because of its sound. I remember the bagpipes when I first heard it. To this day, I remember it and and I think that is genuinely quite amazing. Um, Yes. And I never really liked the epics themes, the the country's um, anthems particularly, but I don't remember it for those. (laughs) No, you don't. You've always said you don't like that. Because some of them are a bit discordant for me, but... I don't have to worry about that because World Games, some of those introductory music is just really, really good. It's something they're really good at. And I'm surprised we didn't pick up on it actually for last year's best sound because we could have probably, if that, in that, if that was the case, placed uh, Summer Games in there. But you know what? I think World Games just has an edge over that in terms of those bits. I'm not saying anything else about the game, but for its mm. sound, yeah, I think World Games. And I think maybe Desert Fox 
and Cauldron 2 were very equal place second or thirds. It doesn't really matter which way around they went. I'm not fussed. They're all good sounds. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. Desert Fox's speech gives it an edge because it's nice to have a game with speech in and it is really thematic to that and it does lend a lot to it. Whereas Cauldron 2's are more arcade-based, explosion sounds, shooting sounds, and there's a lot more of them. It's horses for courses, really. But World Games, I think, tops that list anyway. So World Games is the yeah, one, I think. Yeah, I mean, it got 99%, didn't it? I've noticed that for, for sound, so, you know. Well, that's fair. We're not saying something, that, <laughs> we're not saying something that's untoward, saying, oh, you're Again, going out on a limb and going, no, late, Robobolt. Another late entry into the year, though, that storms in and goes, whack, whack. it's to be expected. Because as we've noted, even in the podcast in episode 40, as we've noted, towards the end of the year, the technical muscles are starting to flex. The St. Gradama of Antary had for graphics, World Games and such, and we'll see more of it. It's going to get more interesting, actually, for the more difficult categories, I think, that, will, that are coming after all of this. But certainly for that one, I think that's a very deserved best sound. So hats off to the 1,900 people that worked on that for Epic. Yeah, so go on. So uh, make, make your announcement for the best, for the best sound winner. The best, best sound, sound award for 1986 goes, goes to, to World, World Games, Games by Epic. Epic. Off back. <laughs> hey, well done, well yeah, done. Yeah, 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 well done. Uh, uh. <laughs> there we go. That's two done. Wow. But that's the visuals and yeah, graphics and sound, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll go, the hard ones are yet to come. Um, They're the Chaz so, and know. Dave of the Game Awards world. <laughs> They're the Nick and Twiggleberries. <laughs> yeah, graphics and sound. <laughs> graphics and sound. There we go. He likes graphics. I like sound. <laughs> Graphics, sound, sound, graphic, graphics, sound, sound, graphics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should have a Chaz and Dave award. Um, right, where are we? Okay, well, there you go then. Well done. Well done, World Games. Well done. For best sound. You did uh, good. So there you go. That's that one out of the way. Let's move on to our next award. What is our next award? Well, our next one is, uh, we should explain what this is. <laughs> I, I did this when I put it out, when I finally got around to put it on the website, and someone went, what's Sunday Best Award mean? <laughs> in fact, quite a few people did. I was like, oh. We probably should call it. it something, and in brackets, Sunday Best, maybe. No. Yeah, so this is the worst game. That's easier. <laughs> there you go. It's the worst game award, uh, mm. the lowest the lowest of the low. Sunday Best basically means it's the game you bring out for Sunday Best. You don't want to ruin the tape too much. So you don't ever um, play it. So, right? so you don't ever play it, ever. That's the whole point of the Sunday Best Award. But it is essentially the worst game. And so, strangely, <laughs> there was such a plethora of choices for this oh, that just. we had no commonality. <laughs> but any of these could win. And we didn't even put one bite too deep in. <laughs> oh, God, we didn't, did we? <laughs> no. Oh, jeez. Uh, so we've got 10 racing to the bottom here. <laughs> Which one can get there first? We'll soon find out. So the game's nominated in the Worst Game of the Year Award or the Sunday Best Award, whatever you want to call it, Ah, Gertie Goose, Sam Fox Strip Poker, Video Poker, Knight Rider, Pub Games, Booty, Groovy Garden, Jet Strike Mission, Wing Commander, and Robobolt. There we go. Now, I will say that all yours were on my list. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I was narrowing them out. I imagine most of mine were on your original list as well, probably. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but it was just coming down on what was the, you know, what <laughs> what made me, you know, what made me sort of gag the most. Mm. So just where do we start here? <laughs> well, I think start with, I suppose there's ways we could we could look at this. So because Sunday Best is a, is a definition that, that can be go to two ways, really, can't it? So it can either be 
games that were bought for you and uh, <laughs> that you had no control over and that you treated as Sunday best because you knew that they were crap when you got them. So you opened up a present from your auntie and there's Wing Commander. I had this happen to me for real. You open up Wing Commander and you're like, hey, thanks. I've just put that in my drawer for best. Or it could be a game <laughs> that you purchased yourself, not knowing that it was crap, discovering so upon its data set goodness, unleashing itself on your eyes. And then after that, never loading it again and carefully putting it back in its inlay. And for some reason, well, it's always ask, pristine. I would so, ask why V is not in there then, if that's the case. Well, I took V back when I bought it, so I can't... That's how it. bad it was. <laughs> it wouldn't work. It didn't work. Well, it, it loaded well, once. True. It loaded once. I couldn't get it to load twice. Not that I wanted to, and I went and exchanged it. But even V and V at its worst has better elements than all of those games yes, in that list. it does. And I think it that's does. where the final sort of dagger of Sunday Best stabs is that you know, some of these games actually angered me because <laughs> they were so crap. And so <laughs> and I, suppose that's, that's, I suppose that's where I'm going to start to sort of park my bike, as it were. The games okay. in that list that actually enraged me. And the first one off that list for me is Knight Rider. Yeah, yeah. You get no argument from me. <laughs> because I think Knight Rider is such a great TV show. And yeah, and, and you, as you pointed out when we talked about it, yes, it's cheesy. Yes, it's stupid and dumb. It's dumb 80s TV with a you know, super-powered car and all the rest of it. But that was my go-to TV show, or one mm-hmm. of them, you know, yep. along with Airwolf and, and loads of others around that time. And so, Chips. I forgot about Chips. We used to play that, me and my friend, just as an aside. We both had grifters, so we used to ride around <laughs> the willows playing Chips. What was the name of the <laughs> two characters John, in that? John and uh, Ponch. Oh, it's Ponch, that's it. Remember, Eric that? Ponchuello. No, 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 Eric Estrada, Pon- isn't it, his name? Yeah, Eric Estrada, it's Ponchuello. And John, do you remember you bought that book at Christmas? That was that Eric Estrada book that said. No, that that's you. No, you or Gary bought me for that. For uh, it was Eric, my Eric Estrada's scrapbook. Yeah, the, you bought me jogged, as a present. Jogged around his house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when it rained outside, he yeah. made, made sure he did his jog for the day by just running around his house. Running around his house is strange. So I think definitely Night Rider <laughs> goes in there because it, it actually took a big dump on my childhood memories, and that's and I actually hadn't hadn't had any memories of it. Up until we replayed it for the podcast, it was so abhorrent to me that this was, and this was an ocean game as well. Now, I haven't actually looked up what happened in the, there's an ocean, a really good ocean book that's out there called, I think it's called A Life on the Ocean Waves or something like that. I think it's a Chris Wilkins book. It could be one of those books. I'm not sure, but it's out there. You could Google that. And I wonder if there's a, there's bound to be a section on Knight Rider in there. Anyway, it doesn't matter. In the list you go, Knight Rider, you piece of crap. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. so, so that's my first thing. So, what about you? Have you got one that's just you know you've enraged you and you think that you're going in no matter what? <laughs> well, there's a couple here sort of thing, and it, and I try because I try to avoid the sort of you know the jet strike mission in the Robo Bolt, which are just jokes of games. I don't. I, yes, I can't yes. even acknowledge. I can't even acknowledge them. And I think you made the good point actually when we looked at them. Well, you made it about Robo Bolt, and you could easily have made this about jet strike mission as well as like they're just a waste of page. Yeah, Zap, they just they just there could have been there could have been more utilization of pay, the page that they were they're on. Oh, totally. Giving more space to another review or something or another game or something like that. because just like you said, I think what, what is it you said about Robo Ball? It was just an excuse for them to get their to get their uh, <laughs> baseball, baseball bats. bats out and go full end of casino on it. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, totally. <laughs> which, yeah, which made you know, which is a very very <laughs> you know opposite description and works perfectly. But and I think that's about right. Yeah. And it's why I can't I can't bring myself to just it's like you know. Yeah, because they're not best. They're not. They're not even deserving to be the best of anything. Even if it was the Sunday best, they don't deserve to be best of anything. They're shit. They're just no, rubbish. they wouldn't. Because so, if someone no. had bought me that, I'd have, th- I'd have thrown it at them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'd never, you'd never keep that. You'd throw it away rather than. Yeah, keep exactly. It. It, would, it would never become so a best go- of anything. So I agree. I think no, yeah. but Knight Rider would have to go in there. Yes. Similarly, 
in the same manner of thing, I can't imagine anyone buying me it, but I would probably, you know, go with Sam Fox strip poker. <laughs> yes. Because it's so grotty and it's so grubby. <laughs> and pointless. And it's so pointless and so blurry. <laughs> <laughs> so horrible on every level. It doesn't even play a good game of poker. It's nothing. It's just, and I've you know read around that people, you know, the, I think the designer was just trying to make a poker game, and then Martech stuck the Sam Fox license on it. That makes sense. Um, and 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 it went from there. I'm not sure of the full history behind it, but it should never have been released. It's just you know, it's one of those early, and there's loads of them. If you search for C64 strip poker games, which I've had to do when I posted these things on Twitter, you know, my my. <laughs> My Google feed for days afterwards, I had to take, I had to search for loads of things to clean that up. God knows what Amazon was recommending to you. Oh, it was just a nightmare. Still getting Elky um, Brooks recommendations for me at the moment. I can't get rid of the damn thing. <laughs> that's because you keep searching for it. <laughs> I'm but a fool did, if I thought in, it was over, that's for sure. And that's in real life, listeners. He's <laughs> <laughs> been searching all his life for Elky Brooks. <laughs> it's the title of my book. So, so I don't know. I'm going to. We can put more in, but I would like to put Sam Fox Strip Poker in there because I just think it's... Yeah, I think it's, so. It's a, it's a disgraceful release, <laughs> just on it every is, level. It is, and it's always... The logic of it is always defeated by the fact that you could have gone out at that time and opened the copy of The Sun for free yes. if you were feeling cheap <laughs> or just bought it for the 30 or 40-odd P and had a look in full colour, <laughs> or at least later in full colour, but you could have had a look. Certainly, better resolution than the game. That's what I said. Even if it was black, even if it was black and white, it's not a, you know three twenty by two forty resolution. No. It's it's a newspaper print. And I just in the it was the Sam Fox strip poker. Did it have a rating? Is it my imagination? Did it have a rating? I just wondered if they'd. I don't think it did because I think we've got just the first so rated shit. game comes up later, and I think later. it's that Dracula game. Isn't oh, it? it could be. Anyway, it, it, yes, I think you're right to put it in there. I don't know if anyone would have ever bought me that. Or I would have ever bought it, but it has a completely different justification for being in the Sunday Best because it's just a crap version of what it is in every respect with really blurry, crappy, pointless pictures of a page three model who I mm -hmm. suspect would have been horrified at those pictures because they're all about their image. She's a model. No, and whether you like her or not, she's a professional model. She's, her entire career was built upon how she looked. So they presented her with this matic going, check out Sam, come here a minute, check out this picture of you. She'd be like, ah, what the hell's that? And also, as well, don't forget, I'm not sure of the sort of period. I could, I could look at it if I really wanted to, but we've already, you know, Sam Fox has been popping up quite a lot in our music sections. She has. So I'm imagining at this point she's jettisoned the page three career and is now trying to reinvent herself as a yeah. pop, pop model. So this coming along as well is probably, I don't know whether she wanted it. I mean, it's cheap money, I guess, but it is literally just pictures from old sons. Yeah, and I suppose the one solace she might have taken from that is that nobody would have probably recognised her anyway. Even though, because at the beginning of the game, she's disguised as some kind of secret agent. So yeah. it's, not, it's not obvious that it's Sam Fox. It may not even Absolutely. be Sam Fox for all we know. When I first started playing it, I thought I'd loaded up Hacker. <laughs> Honestly, it's so bad. And then, and then we even got to the music for that, which is, you know, mysteriously, apparently it actually is Robert Bird under a pseudonym. So well, here, but it whether it is or isn't, it's crap anyway. So yes. John I, York. Something, John yeah, York. John York, something like that. Yeah. And anyway, mm. it's bloody awful game. So yes, Sunday best. In the bin you go for the Sunday okay. best. And I suppose that leaves the elusive third spot. And there's some contenders in there. There is. You know, because Groovy Garden had that stupid logic of, you know, trying to keep the little blind guy alive for some reason. Um, Booty, it was actually impossible because of its crazy key logic and, and, the, and the sprite <laughs> misshape yeah. and miss size and the awful music. Pub games, goodness me, that... And I think, actually, I'm, I'm, if I was honest, I'm kind of leaning towards pub games a little bit because Gertie Goose was crap, but it, it, in the same realm as Robobolt was just arguably unfinished crap. 
Yeah. Wing Commander, it's, it's, I think it's a toss-up between Wing Commander and pub games for me because Wing Commander is just a flight simulator without the feeling of flight. So it's just a simulator of green. Nothing. It's just it's an actual, it's a simulator of absolutely nothing. It simulates nothing. <laughs> and dark and dark blue. There is dark blue as well. well there's, there's no point in loading it in. You may as well just look at your screen and because it simulates nothing that you can't simulate by not looking at it. Yep. So its pointlessness is its appeal to go in the list because it's just absolutely the most pointless flight simulator ever. But pub games, that's that's a compendium. It was eight games, all of them awful, without exception, with the, possibly mm-hmm. the worst version of darts ever seen. <laughs> So, so a part of me thinks that pub games, because of its audacity to try and push eight games, or however many it was, as this kind of, yeah, come to the pub and play bar billiards, which you can't do. Oh, never mind. Try dominoes. Impossible. What about darts? The hand's too wobbly and it's blocky and it follows the dart and, and you can't hit the dartboard because the wire on the dartboard's three inches thick. <laughs> if you can't play the very games that they're trying to emulate, and I suppose that in that essence, pub games might have an edge, but Wing Commander doesn't emulate flight. <laughs> So you've got a flightless wing commander and a, and a gameless pub game. So I don't know. What about you? Which Are, are you thinking those pub, or have you got a lot of it? I thought about games. wing commander and the wing commander was in my list. Um, but the reason wang I went... Commander. With, yeah, <laughs> that, well, that would be better, I guess. <laughs> Although if you just see nothing more but Sam green... Fox's from, territory, right? <laughs> Although if you see nothing but green, you need to go to the doctor. <laughs> um, um, Your target reticule's gone blue. <laughs> Go see a doctor immediately. Just come up with a warning. <laughs> abort, abort. It just says a lot that if, if you're playing Wing Commander and if you if you know you tip back on your chair sometimes as you used to do back then, you don't do it now. If you actually fell, that would be more like flight than that game has ever presented to you in the whole of its time. But I, I think I think I have to say, if you're leaning towards pub games, I think I, I, I've already, I'm kind of almost there with you as well. It does it, I won't take much of a shove. No, well, I'll just I'll just shove you against the dartboard, and you will bounce off Ouch. randomly and fall to the fall to the floor in, for three hours. <laughs> with your, <laughs> hand, that terrible with your hand following me <laughs> for no reason. Wing Commander was two quid, and so yes, I'll forgive yes. a All multitude right, yes. of sins for a couple of quid. Pub Games was a tenner. Yeah. And so for me, pub games is, and also as well, you know, back in the 1980s, you would go to the pub on a Sunday. So this kind of yeah. fits in the theme as well, you know, yeah. you know, so I, I, I'm going to, if you're in agreement, I'm not going to stop no. putting pub games in pub there. Pub games, I think put it in. Put it dreadful. In. And I think those three games, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to struggle to pick the worst here. <laughs> Because they're all terrible for different reasons. All, they are terrible for different reasons. And I suppose it's whether you, how much you're angered by your childhood memory being shit on, how outraged you are at seeing something in Blurrovision with a crappy poker game strapped to it, which is kind of designed to titillate, but actually doesn't. Or the compendium game is actually no fun <laughs> whatsoever. Blocky, nightmarish get, awfulness. How do you get eight games wrong? Well, that's that is I think what's that's what's tipping it for me a little bit is because they never learned anything from the first game being crap. They just carried that logic over. <laughs> no, and how do you make table football less interesting? Well, just take all of the speed out of that. And just it's just it's yeah. so pedestrian. It's like it's 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 absolutely terrible. I mean, they they kill dominoes. Now that takes. I mean, Domino's is boring anyway, but it takes some doing to actually make it worse. It does, and also they had a worse poker game than Sandbox Strip Poker. <laughs> they did actually. The poker's completely and the bla- and blackjack was nonsense. So for me, you know, it's eight. It, it's eight Sunday bests because yes, it's going one, to the yeah. pub. Going to yeah. the pub, you think, oh, I don't need to go to the pub because um, I, I can play pub games, and you know, yeah, it's just going to ruin your day. Yeah, it's just a horror show in a, a compendium. And again, like we've said. 
something comes in at the end of the year yeah, <laughs> and stomps. stomps its shitty boot <laughs> <laughs> on the shit of everything it, it else. Absolutely. And goes, you think, you think, literally, pub game goes, hold my beer. Look how crap I am. <laughs> literally. It does, yeah. It does. It does. It's an insult. I mean, that came out in the set. That's reviewed in the same issue as Zappa's 180. It still makes me laugh to this day, looking at when you compare the two. Because when we did it for the podcast, I played 180, then I played pub game straight afterwards. And yeah, it was so like, it, and yeah. it was like, wow, Nate is quite good. Pub games, I wonder if the darts game is as good. No, no, it's not. Oh, that, why Why would you think at any point when you're making a darts game that you need to follow the dart to the floor when it bounces out the three-inch thick wires? Why? Did they never watch anyone playing darts for that game? Because they must go, right, how do you play darts? And then you put the dart in your hand and go, with your hand and you wobble it backwards <laughs> and forth. Like, no, just watch professional darts. That's the one thing they don't do anyway. <laughs> No, I agree. I think um, if we're settling on that, I think out of the three, I mean, don't get me wrong, that is a sea of shite. But pub games is eight <laughs> times the amount of shite from the others, and the others are bad enough. So pub games wins the Sunday Best Award yeah. for me. But what about for you? No, I'm in agreement. Like I said, I mean, it out it out shit pokers Sam Foxtrip poker, and and it's a worse time than Knight Rider times yeah. eight. And that's saying something because Knight Rider is yeah. absolutely pantaloon. So yes. There's a reason why if you go to a pub in the UK, you can't play any of the games in pub games anymore, with the exception maybe of darts, because they ruined it. They destroyed it. <laughs> Absolutely. There was a massive uh, cull of table table soccer. Dominoes were just burnt. You know, there was the historical domino burning piles. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, ruined, it ruined record breakers for years. It was the second harrowing of the pubs when they went through and anyone found with a bagatelle table was smashed <laughs> over the head with it. And then they were oh, re- rounded, that. run around the village. <laughs> what was that? That bagatelle game was in there, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's bar billiards what, essentially. It's the same I don't, thing. Bar, I, we didn't actually speak about that, I don't think, because what was it? Well, exactly, no one knows. No one knows. <laughs> you could aim, and you could, <laughs> you could, you could, you could blow on the balls because that's about power you could put, you could put into the shots. Oh, like, for me, it looked like snooker played with egg cups. And I was like, "What is what is on a board, the table, the size of like a book?" I'm like, "What are you? Yeah, what, what are also, you? No, you know, this this made us clear out all the uh, all the games from the sideways egg. It did um, clear those. So out. you know, so when we when we played this, we realised that it was not a good idea because it's just just bad, yeah. isn't it? This is why th- the pub games now, when you go back to them, if they do have any, it's like massive Jenga stuff like that because they know the full. If anyone brings out a bag of tailboard, they get rounded up, chased out of the village, and then the house gets burnt down. <laughs> And they're putting stocks for everyone to throw gravy at, um, and that, well, that's what we do in, in our village. Absolutely. And then we 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 stuff them with a meat yeah. horse. Take your bagatelle board and bugger off you. <laughs> Get out. Stick clear of the moors. <laughs> so, um, if you'd like to announce our Sunday best worst game of the year, there, Graham, the winner, the winner of the Sunday, <laughs> Sunday best, best in brackets worst, worst game, game of the, of the year, year award goes to. to Pub, pub games, games by people, people that made, made pub, pub games. games. <laughs> Just alligator. Ali- 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 alligator. Was it? By, by, pub games yeah. by alligator. Yeah. <laughs> no applause for you. <laughs> Sorry. You're not welcoming our pub ever again. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's so utter. It, I, I think you're right. And, it, and because like I played all of them, I played every single one of them. I know you, you, you dipped out, didn't you, midway through? Yeah. And I played all of them. And... Um, for me, it was uh, oh, it was awful. It was a you know, time I'm not getting back. No, I said to you that uh, that I had wasted some of my life playing that darts game and watching it just follow the dart and then go back and, and I couldn't not hit the wire. I'm like, how? And it had that really weird way of throwing where if you didn't, you had to sort of aim from like three quarters of the way down the board to hit 
no more now. I don't want to even go back and have flashbacks to that awfulness. <laughs> no more. It's Here deserved of that word. You're in. You're done. Bloody pub games. <laughs> That's that. Um, right. So pub games. Well done. You're crap. <laughs> sums it up. You suck. <laughs> Get off. Down in front. <laughs> Get off. You suck. <laughs> oh, I was still booing you when I started playing Night Rider. <laughs> Right, we move on to our next award. Yes, yes, let's. Okay, so our next award is, it is indeed uh, Best Music. So so this one, I'm just going to slide off the beat and track here a little bit because we've done our normal thing, what we said we'd do previously. So we've got seven titles here that were kind of from our top five. But I do actually want to, because this was such a good year, for music, you know, a ridiculous thing, and I do just want to give a shout out to some of them that, are, that were not that have not made the top list, all right? Mm-hmm. Because I think that there are a lot of tunes here that, and, I, and I'm going to guess that you probably had the same problem I did was narrowing this down to five uh, to some extent, uh, yeah, a little. Yeah, I had a it was rock hard because I mean, so I'll go with I'll, I'll tell you what our games are first. So we're, we're, the best music is going to be from these seven. Okay, so we've got Zoids, Yia Kung Fu, Rambo, Spellbound, Green Beret, Warhawk and parallax okay mm-hmm. so i mean that's a pretty good list very but good just just shout outs here to last v8 commando one man and his droid comic bakery master of magic electroglide thrust international karate mission ad trap war i did mention world game sanction and even the sacred armor of anteriad it's been a stunning year for music mm. it really has and when we said this at the end of last year that we were dreading this and and I think with good cause because I just found this so hard. I was like, I don't want to boot that out. I don't want to kick that out. But you know what it is? It is what it is. We have it to is. give the awards to something. And so we have, we do actually have three that we've aligned on. Mm. And those three are Rambo, Green Beret, and Parallax. Ooh, that's such a difficult trio to pick out of, isn't it? So are, are you happy with those three? Are yeah, we, no, completely. Are, are, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, this was been really. It's been Martin Galway's year. Yes, by some His, way. You know, I mean, <laughs> even if you just take those out and you added in any of the Ocean Loaders or and all the stuff, the stuff that's out there, those three games and the music that Martin Galway did for Rambo, Green Beret, and Parallax are genuinely astonishing. And that's not even. Taking into account something like Yao Kung Fu, which is also another one of his, which is very good. There's some amazing Rob Hubbard games soundtracks out there, but Rob Hubbard's year comes a bit later. There's good stuff from Rob Hubbard in this year. There was good stuff from Rob Hubbard in the previous year, but this year belongs to Martin Galway for me. And so that's why the yes. top three are all Martin Galway, because yeah, yeah. they just are incredible. They are genuinely incredible pieces of music in their own right. And as much as I really like um, Warhawk or Spellbound and some of the other Rob Hubbard ones, I do. They just aren't in the same league at this point as anything that Matt and Galway is putting out. And those three that we've picked for the final, it's Hobson's choice between them, I have to say. But they are exceptional in anyone's book. Yeah. I mean, I was strung out the Hubbard stuff, but it was either Zoids or Master of Magic for me. Yes. Um, yeah. Possibly Thrust. But yeah. again, you know, none of, all those tunes which I, I gave mention to are all ace. You know, none of them are mm. bad. No, they're you know, all really they're good. All ama- they're all amazing pieces of music on the, on the Commodore 64. And, and, you know, last year, I think last year we kind of had three standouts, didn't we? We had Hypersports, Crazy Comets, and Monty on the Run. 
Yeah, we did. Um, we had those three those three standouts, which were kind of made our top three pretty easy last year. It did. I think it was controversial, though, wasn't it? Because the because it, it was our, our number our, one our was controversial. Kind of, I think our listeners were leaning more towards the Monty on the runs and stuff like that. They were. But and you crazy know what? We, you know, we choose what we choose. That's the way it works. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's where we land. But but I think beyond those three, there wasn't much competition. No, is what no, I'm saying. There wasn't, no, because you had um, things like. Whereas um, this year, yeah. this year is just it's, and what it's shown is that how these musicians have inc- really got to grips with the sound chip, the, the SID chip. Yeah, and and, I think and so. what's and we know what's coming along. You know, yes, your Bollins and your Drotels and good lord, I, d- I dread to, I dread to think. I mean, we've only really just started to see the appearance of Dave Whittaker. Ben Douglas yeah. doesn't really find his feet until 1987. He starts to really ramp it up a bit. So we'll, I mean, you know, Bombo could have been here as well. I suppose Bombo would have um, been worth a shout. I mean, it could have. It could have. But it's in, it's, it's in such tough competition at this stage. Yeah. So I think that some of these musicians, a bit like some of the game designers and the graphics guys, they're, they're finding their feet better towards the end of the year and the music starts to step in. I mean, Richard Joseph made an appearance in the in the list, although he's not obviously in the final three. But there's, there's some incredible music in some of those games. Some of it original, some of it not. All of it amazing C64 stuff. But, you know, we've got to pick three. We've got to pick a best of, you know, best music out of those. And this isn't a, this isn't an act of disrespect to any of the other composers and their music mm, yeah. but this is just our personal reflections on those but that said i know in my mind what's coming in 1987 i know and it's going to be even more difficult next year i mean we thought it was it was yeah. hard to choose out of those but martin galway made it a bit easier because the ones we've picked are just astonishing they they really yeah. are yeah we said it at the beginning of the year didn't we with rambo and yeah we said it when we got to green bray and then we, we said it again with parallax yeah, and just, um, and I, just incredible. I said it with Yao Kung Fu, but um, well, we both like Yao Kung Fu, don't get me wrong, but I can see why. I think, I, just, I don't know, but it is what it is. But those three are, mm. yeah, astonishing. And I also, you know, I, I don't know. Where do we start? Where would you, what, do you want to pick? This is really difficult because I, I honestly love all three of those for different reasons and for all sorts of, so, I mean, and I'm trying, I was trying to think of something that, an angle I could come at that would set, maybe one would give one of the edge over the other. So I thought, well, Rambo is a licensed game and Rambo, some of the music mm. in the Rambo game is based on the Rambo film music and that's by Jerry yeah. Goldsmith. So does that mean that Rambo isn't necessarily as good as the other two? But then I think that loading music is completely Martin Galway and it's genuinely ace. And and the high score music in Rambo and all the and other And we stuff. gave last year to Hypersports, which was... Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. And so it's not about... I'm just thinking in comparison to these three, not so much what would yeah. win. And then I thought this Green Beret. Green Beret is, again based on an arcade however some of the music in the arcade is there at present but there's a lot more to this and who can forget who can forget the loading music and the 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 music in the game you just that loading music is absolutely incredible for green Bray. it's just mind-blowing how good it is it's just it's just mind-blowing and then so i think okay well rambo's got really good loading music green beret's got really good music. parallax doesn't have it has the standard ocean loading music okay but parallax has got the parallax music in which is completely <laughs> different to all the other two and and then i think well parallax has also got that amazing high score music and that amazing in-game music and it's just an so i went i've been going round and round in circles thinking well i really like rambo because of the high score music and then i think well you know, there's, there's really great interstitial music in Rambo. Then I think, well, Green Beret's got that. Green Beret's got an amazing interstitial music and probably more of it. And I think, well, Parallax has got those amazing in-game game music. And I'm like, ah. So, and the high score music. That- and that, oh, just, you know, it's a very, very difficult choice. And I suppose at a certain point, then it comes down to what kind of music that you like. You know, what, 
you know, because it has to come down to that. Because I, I can't base it on anything that's in those games, any parameters that come from those games, because they're all amazing games. They're all really good. Rambo, maybe not quite as good, but music-wise, amazing. So there's no, you know, musical thing <laughs> in the game itself that's going to set it apart. So I've got to think, well, what, which one do I actually like? Which is my go-to one? If someone gave me those three, which, am I, which one am I going to listen to first? Which one resonated me at the time? Which one do I still have a lot of time for? And it actually came down to probably, for me, between Rambo and Green Beret. And I like Parallax a lot. And I like the high school music a lot. I like the high school music actually more than I like the opening theme. And Parallax, is it feels like an exploration of music. It's like a synth, it's like a synthesizer. It's like listening to a Jean-Michel Jarre piece or something completely and utterly different. But I think of that. And then I think of that opening music. And I remember loading Green Beret on tape. And I remember the Green Beret drawing across the screen as the title music that, you know, that, that drone comes on that. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. and I and I remember it distinctly, but I also remembered Rambo for a similar reason because of the you know the Rambo and so I think because it has that and Parallax doesn't have that, I'm landing on those two, but I'm still debating in my mind a little bit. So you might need to you know do your little exploration <laughs> while I'm okay. still sort of debating because something you say might trigger something in mine as well. Well, I don't know. I spent the afternoon listening to them. I listened to all the the top seven that we had went through them all just to get them right in my head and think about what I liked about them and what I didn't and <laughs> I got I got went through them like like you did so I think I listened to Rambo first because it was first in the list I just went down the list so I listened to Rambo first I was like oh this is amazing there's so much good stuff here <laughs> it but really is. Um, it's, it's just incredible and I flicked through all the tunes and there was so many nice little bits and interstitial moments and that loading music's great and that you know the title screen is is phenomenal and the in-game music even the, I really like the in-game music in Rambo and the way it sort of ramps up yeah um yeah. That, that's yeah. really nice sort of as well interstitial music in rambo is ace yeah well not the interstitial the actual in-game yeah yeah but that's what i mean it's Ba-na-na-na-na. Like, Ba-na-na-na-na. yeah yeah Ba-na-na-na-na. all, all of that stuff yeah. The yeah. and all of that stuff yeah yeah so then i moved on to green beret and i went oh this is ace as well you know that like you said that drone i remember listening to this when i was younger um the title screen music is incredible it has that wonderful sort of change of tone Midway through the sort of loading music, if you let it loop around at the, at the end, yeah, there's some really nice bits there. The, the in-game stuff is is you know perfectly suitable for the Green Beret game, and it's it's really good. And the, even you know the way he's taken the arcade um, in-game tune, the drum beat, and made it better, um, and done that. And then I moved on to Parallax, and this is where things are going to get a bit <laughs> tricky between us because Parallax just blows my mind. It just, I don't know, there's, there's nothing on the machine like it. And I think the, the, the Rambo and the Green Beret tunes, they're, they're awesome, they're brilliant, but there's nothing like that Parallax title screen tune. And I, I remember first hearing it, you know, obviously 35 years ago sort of thing, and just thinking, what the hell is this? And someone put on our, on our Facebook feed, because we were talking about it, and they said that Martin Galway said in an interview that um, he made it, he, he was really ill when he made it and he just wanted to knock something out quickly and he just wanted something really repetitive because that's how he was feeling and just put, put put this thing together i don't know the veracity of this just somebody sort of put it on our facebook um on our facebook page and i was like well whatever he did whatever illness he was going through he was channeling something because it's uh i don't i don't even know how to describe that piece of music it's just it's 11 minutes of driving synth just you know i i I don't know there's there's something about the parallax main tune and and it's not my even my type of music normally you know what i like is not that sort of thing i prefer other stuff but there's it's just astonishing the way it all layers in how it starts and it starts so 
bleakly and you know minimalist and just builds and builds and builds and the other three are incredible the other two are incredible but there's times parallax i'm like there's no way this is three channels it just it blows my mind and so if i had to pick one out of green beret and rambo it would be green beret i think because i prefer the two main themes in green beret to the two main themes in rambo um so that's where i would fall on those two but if i had to pick a winner in my heart of hearts the one i like the most it would be parallax because just, I, I don't i can't it stands aside from everything else and from anything else we've actually heard on the machine so far true however this isn't the best music made on the commodore 64 no 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 this is the no. best music for a game so this is mm-hmm. the best music for a game and so and i think if anything i mean partly i agree with you parallax reminds me it's very much in the philip glass it is, yeah, so, yeah yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it's very much a big Philip. So, so that's where that eleven minute, because Philip Glass tracks, if you think Queen Scatsy and all of that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's where it's that's where it's off headed. And then there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong, because I absolutely love Philip Glass stuff. So, and I suppose then you have to ask yourself, okay, does it suit Parallax the game? Is it a contingent part of what makes Parallax the game a Parallax game? And it it isn't. But then. The trouble is then, you sort of say, well, that opening for Green Bray isn't really either because it doesn't shout action-oriented, commando-based stabathon at you. It's this emotional <laughs> journey it sort of takes you on. And so, I, again, I cycle between these three all the time because this, this, the, all three are brilliant. But in actuality, part of me is actually thinking, I can't actually make a decision about these three. So whether the best music just goes to Martin Galway... For this, for this particular, and just and we yeah. just give it for those three, and say, you know what, I I don't think I can make a genuinely honest decision. Those three pieces of music for Rambo, Green Beret, and Parallax are astonishing. Parallax is astonishing. All the in-game music for all of them, and so maybe the best music award just for those three goes to Martin Galway for any one of those three, which I think, I, unless we have to actually decide. And I think if I'm going to, if I had to put a pin in one and say, right, that one. I think because Rambo and Green Beret are essentially games about the military and the music doesn't necessarily fit, and I like Philip Glass, I think I would probably lean towards Parallax being my favourite of the three. I just don't know if it's the best music for the game that it's in, but I think out of the three, Parallax is a journey. It's a musical journey. I think you're right. So I don't know. We are, you can either we can either just say Parallax and that's the one. I think I'd still be in my mind be stabbing myself in the back going, you should have pick rambo and you should be green break because like, i genuinely cannot if you want i mean decide. if you want to give it to if you want to give it to galway then you know i'm happy with that i mean because it is it's it's a good it's the galway award this year because you could throw in things like comic bakery ya kung fu there's tons of you know yeah. it's just, it's, his body of work this year is astonishing well, i think it's we're not setting a real precedent because at the end of the day all three of the top three are martin galway's music and he really rules this year so i think any one of those is deserving of the top award. And I think if I had to literally put pick one, I'd say Parallax is, is my favourite out of the three. Well, not favourite. My favourite is the, it's the one that leaps out at me from perhaps slightly more reasons than the other two out of those three amazing pieces of music and all the rest of it. And I do really, really, really like the high score music in Parallax because I think it's ace. It's just, it's astonishing. So It's what we use for our outro, isn't it? It is, absolutely. It is. Well, there's a reason for there's that. There's a reason yeah. for that. Well, we use so much Rambo and Green Beret in our interstitials throughout the podcast. We and do. always have because they're really good. But I think... I like the music when you were actually walking around in Parallax. That yeah, sound. So I think, yeah, if I was honest, yeah. I think if I have to be sat and be honest with myself, I think I would give it. I would give the best music award to Martin Galway in Parallax. I think out of those three, I know I've debated it and gone around in circles. But I've been doing that for days, so it's nothing new. <laughs> I told you this was going to be hard. But I think I think Martin Galway is a deserved winner, whichever way it goes. But I think for me, Parallax wins the best music for me. But what about for you? Yeah. 
I'm not going to argue with you. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm happy to drop drop and parallax. I think I, I get you. You know, I do understand what you're saying about like it. You know, is it right for the game? But you know, it's this weird sci-fi-ish weirdness that, that does it just it's just, it's just brilliant. And it's I'm just not, using us. It, it's using the SID chip in ways that you know what. This look at the other 214 games that are out there that we've played. And look at the majority of the way that the sound chip is used in those. And not all of it's good. I mean, don't get me wrong. We've got obviously got some really good examples here. But look at the, the way that some of those games are utilising that sound chip. And just think of this of the sonic insults that we've had to deal with. And then Martin <laughs> Galway comes along and goes, well, why don't you do it like this? <laughs> and you just go, why aren't they all doing it like that? And that's because only he could make that. Sonic insults. <laughs> we've had to endure. And we've had to endure some sonic insults this year. We have. Uh, so, do you know what? Parallax is... They're all three and amazing, but I'm going to settle on Parallax because otherwise we could be here all week. But but definitely Parallax. Yeah. Um, like picking, I would recommend going your favorite and listen to three it. Child, picking your favourite of your three children, isn't it? It is. This year's just yeah. been his year, you know. I mean, even Yao Kung Fu could... You could take any... You could take one of those out, potentially. Yao Kung Fu is a, is a jar, Jean-Michel jar piece. Uh, and that's nothing wrong with that, necessarily, because it is amazing. But I prefer Parallax because that's Martin Galway did that. And I really yeah. like that about it, and and you know, and I don't think he ever really got that good again. That's why I would give it over Greenbrae over Rambo. Because I think as we go, as we roll into nineteen eighty-seven, I think there's this there's a turning point with Martin Galway where some of the some of the music goes. You know, we'll we'll, we'll talk about it as we go through the nineteen eighty-seven. But some of it, it, it is it starts to become other musicians. Yeah, there's other musicians start to you know, Matt Gray mm-hmm. comes in. There's there's quite a few others that have start to will start to enter the fray, and as you say. We've still got to deal with the the whole uh, ghouls and ghosts and um, <laughs> and Tim Follin and Tim Follin is something else. <laughs> Some, yeah, that's something else to contend with later. We'll deal with Tim Follin later. At the moment, yeah. parallax. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So uh, Graham, um, in your best musical voice, give us our best, our number one <laughs> best music. The best, best music, music award, award for 1986, 1986 goes, goes to, to Parallax by Martin. <laughs> Uh, there we go. So that's that award done. So that's uh, yeah, good. That's the best music. So Parallax, and then you know we're splitting hairs here. We're splitting a gnat's hair. Green Bray and Rambo. Yeah, it's just it is what it is. Literally, you know, it's a brilliant. You know, you can't go wrong. Go listen to all three because it's a brilliant triumvirate. So, well, we know that Rambo eats Green Berets for breakfast, but Green Berets eat Rambos for breakfast and lunch. I don't know. They they often eat each other for dinner, it seems. It's a heavy meal, though. Heavy meal, that. It's like some arborous snake uh, or something or other. All right, there we go. The Golden Griffin Arrangements of 1986. Brought to you by Zap Zap. Okay, so our next award. Um, God, this one. Uh, it is the craziest concept. So otherwise known as the, what were they smoking? How many mushrooms had they taken? Um, what was in, you know, to quote Phil Collins, there was something in the air that night this, when that when something was con- conceived. Because um, these games, you know, we stroke our head. You know, they're, they're not crap. Generally, usually they are, but they're not—they're not the worst. We just can't get our head around them. No, um, and they befuddle us, and they make us, you know, look at each other and blink a lot. Um, yeah. And when we play them, we don't get so much angry as just slightly like worried about changing things. In fact, there's actually one that should be in here, which I'm going to add in. 
But no, it's old, so I'm not going to. Um, anyway, right, our craziest concept. We have six. Um, we we were very similar on a lot of these, but um, our six entries. Um, we have Willow Pattern, of course. We have Blade Runner. We have The Comet. We have Tubular Bells. We have Room 10. And we have Fungus. So that's our six. Not many in this one. Only six. Did we have anything that overran? Well, we did. We've got four. Okay. So we've got four that we, we match on. But I'm going to sort of challenge you that I think one <laughs> we need to consider one the ones we con well, the ones we li linked up on were Willow Pattern, mm -hmm. the Comet, Tubular Bells, and Room Ten. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, so that's those four. I would just before we get to those, I would argue that a game based on the soundtrack of a film is one is would classify under any definition of a crazy concept. But I don't know how you feel about that. Well. I think in reality that was just a licensing swindle. It was really it was just based on Blade Runner. It was, but they didn't have replicants. They had Repli-Droids. They, they did, and they changed some of the nomenclature. I get that, but at the end of the day, that game was basically Blade Runner, whether they said it was based on the soundtrack or not. It didn't. It didn't alter what the game was still look, looked and was based around, which was hunting robots, albeit that it was Repli-Droids. So I just thought it's not a crazy concept because Blade Runner is not a crazy concept. And they, whether it was based on the soundtrack is irrelevant. That was just the way that they kind of got around the licensing. Yeah. So that was my feeling on it. I thought this, and I thought these are worse concepts for games than that one, even though that is stupid. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Yeah, I, I guess so. I just, I just can't get my head around like trying to pass this off as the game of the music of the film. Oh yeah, and remember that because we, what we discovered was that they based the Highlander, the the actual music for Highlander was based on the soundtrack or something, wasn't it? When we yeah, oh, no, sorry, Queen's album was based on the soundtrack of the. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What matters <sighs> is that um, I think I just thought there was worse actually um, in the list. I thought Blade Runner is a really stupid <laughs> idea, or is it a clever idea to get around a licensing issue? I don't know, but either way, it didn't turn out very well for them. But there was far worse. No, it didn't. There were, and and so that leaves us with uh, these four, I guess, which yes. are Willow Pattern, <laughs> The Comet, Tubular Bells, and Room 10. So, do you want to go first? Well, <laughs> it's it, Willow Pattern is based on a plate. It's based on a pattern on a plate. And if that doesn't shout crazy concept at you, then I don't know what it is. Now, I suppose the argument is that the, it's not. It's based on the story of the pattern of the plate. Which All would right. be the argument against Blade Runner as well. Yes, exactly. You know, that, so. Just because it's based on a plate, it's what's on the plate. Yes, it is. And there is a story to that pattern, whether you, you know. As we discovered, yeah. As yet. we discovered. So the comet is just, <laughs> just <laughs> stupid. It's Because that, Haley's comet was passing by, wasn't it? They thought they'd yes. invent a game where you ended up making, was it making coffee or something random? It was really weird. Yeah. And the screen would just fill up with bananas. <laughs> I think we described that one as the Homer's webpage game, really. Yeah. Um, Tube of the Bells is, it's just not a game. It's just, it's an interactive screensaver. It's, um, it's a Winamp visualizer. It's, it's, it is. And then Room 10. There's a special place in hell for Room 10 because <laughs> that was a zero gravity ping pong game set in zero gravity ping pong is the stupidest idea of all time it defeats the purpose of playing a game based on hitting a tiny ball across the table to put it in slow moving vector 3d it's just it's stupid and it actually suddenly had a thought and i don't know if it, this occurred to you at the same time of many moons ago of a game that we both um i think it might i can't remember if it was a student group or however it came to be but there was a it was a breakout game oh, that was set on a cube <laughs> 
Yes, I remember and that. It, for reasons, you know, things that shouldn't be combined is what I'm thinking. And, <laughs> and you know, we don't like things that shouldn't be combined. You know, we talked about it with Amstrad. This is the Amstrad game, isn't it, really? <laughs> They're just combined things that shouldn't be. Zero gravity, table tennis, and 3D should never be put in the same space of any for any reason. And so I would, you know, I'm sat there thinking Willow Pattern is stupid, but it is based on a story that, it, oh, like the story's on a plate, but it's a story. It's like a fable, isn't it? So it's in the list, but does it belong at the top of that list? I know we said not on crockery, but all right. <laughs> you know, and, and no, nobody should go. And there was another game, actually, I'm thinking that we haven't got in the list, I don't think that was based on something else that was really stupid. Because I remember, I can't remember in the podcast now, we had, this one was based on a plate and then we had something that was based on something even more stupid. Was it? I can't remember. It's, it's not um, on the list, so it doesn't really matter. So I think the comet is, <laughs> the comet is just stupid. <laughs> yeah, it is really stupid. The comet is really stupid. See if I can stupid. find what the other one was. I, it, looking I, through all the I games think, I think it was at. after the episode where we, we talked about Willow Pack. It might have been the episode after that or the episode episode after that. The issue after that. Because I remember saying to you, so there's the game. First of all, we had a game based on crockery, and now we've got a game based on something else. And that I can't remember what it was now, but it was equally stupid. So, out of those, which one do you pick? Um, there you go. Um, I think what, Tube of the Jerry Bells. The germ, was it? No. no, although that is stupid. I don't know if Tube of the Bells, I would, you know, it isn't really a game, I don't think. So I don't know. And it's not a crazy concept to have visualizations for music in of itself. The Comet is really stupid because it's, it is a stupid game idea based around the, something that is completely intangible and, and ridiculous. But I think if you're going to look at a game that is actually ridiculous in every level, I think room 10 out of those sort of sits in a special place because it's zero gravity 3D table tennis. And those things are just stupid. In, and whoever thought of that was obviously having some kind of brain wrong. <laughs> well, it's the guy who did uh, Tau Ceti. I can't remember. It's a guy, well, he did the Spectrum version. He came up with the original Tau Ceti idea sort of thing. But that, no, 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 no. That doesn't, just because you have a good idea doesn't, you know, you know we don't let Sir Clive Sinclair off with the C5 just no. because he came up with the Spectrum. That's true. You can have good ideas, but if you have a bad idea, a bad idea is still a bad idea just because it came from someone who had made something good. Yes, that's very you know, true. Uh, the CD32, the Amiga CD32 was never a good idea. No. You know, the, these things happen. So uh, Willow Pattern... Yeah, was I mean, and also as well, Willow Pattern was just a, a rip off of a previous game they'd made. Yes, so that's just, right, it was just changed things, and it was Willow Pattern was stupid for many other reasons, but it, you know, basing it on crockery was whatever. But I think that that not being able to get past uh, guards because you'd used your one sword up was um was a bit ridiculous, <laughs> but that's the game, I guess. The comet basing it on a comet that was passing by, but then having nothing to do with the comet. It wasn't <laughs> anything to do with nothing the comet, with it, was it? It was just you're on a spaceship trying to fix stuff. <laughs> What's that to do with the comet? Oh, bad. And the tubular bells for me is that is one of the perfect examples of you know we could say, I mean we didn't even mention fungus. I didn't put in fungus because I fungus is just a you know a left to right runner. So I thought it is weird and there, there was obviously many many mushrooms involved in the creation oh, of that. I don't doubt. Um, so, but Tubular Bells, I think, you know, they must have, Dead Dealer must have like seen them coming. You want to do what? Oh, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to, so a 1973 album, we're going to do a version of it and a not very good version of it on the Commodore 64 yeah. and have lines moving around so you can watch it. Okay. <laughs> so are you going to give them the album? Nah, nah, nah. It's just going to be great. And none of it was. No. So take it, take this back because this is, you know, pre, pre-visualization, pre-visualizing it. It's pre-Winamp, pre-Windows Media and all those kind of things, which we take for granted now. You know, visualizers, I mean, obviously Minter had done them in some of his stuff. Yeah. But 
to actually try and charge a £10 for that is... I can't imagine... I'm surprised they would be able to see each other in the room. It must have been so full of smoke. <laughs> and room 10, as you have rightly said, <laughs> just, I just don't understand. I don't. Why would you think? Oh, yeah, just, it'd be, it's Pong in 3D. We don't need Pong in 3D. No, no we, we do. No, we do. <laughs> we do. We need it in 3D. And so, okay, what? So it's just going to, what, like, sort of table? Well, we have that. It's called Ping Pong. It's Konami, arcade game. No, this is floating bats in, in, in 3D. Is it, is it fast? Well, it's got seven speed levels in Italian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's... What are you, what are you, what? It is difficult, you smoking? isn't it? It, it, it? You have to ask. Later on, we came across the game Fungus, uh, Fergus, didn't we? What was it called? Not Fungus, Fergus. What was it called? Um, yeah. I didn't even put in its cleanup time. <laughs> God, this is tough, isn't it? Because these all these games are really stupid. So or, it's or like... Street Surfer. Don't get Street Surfer. <laughs> the, the eco skateboarding simulator. What, what, where do you go with these bloody awful things? Oh, this is tough. This is really tough. If I if I had to pick out of these, I think Willow Pattern gets ejected because it's. But we can argue the same thing for Blade Runner. Yes, that we yes. can for Willow Pattern. Yeah. It's it may come from a plate. But the plate came from a story. Yes. So, it, so okay, fair enough. Um, and so I would, I would eject Willow Pattern and leave it with the other three. Yeah. Are we? Are you all right with that? Yes, I think so. I think we can take that out. Of those three, <laughs> God knows, this is harder <laughs> than the music. It's, it's really tough. <laughs> uh, where's Jack? Where's Jack Charlton's match fishing when you need him? Oh, you said we had standout crap, standout crazy last time. This time they're kind of hiding. In plain sight, these crazies. <laughs> <No. laughs> a game about a comet that doesn't feature a comet. A game that's not a game. And a stupid interpretation of the first game. <laughs> oh, this is like possibly... It's Why is it so difficult? Because all these games are just dog egg. Anyway, um, yeah. all right. Um, my, my radar is still pointing at room 10, I have to say. Just, I can't, I I can't right. get past zero. I think, yeah. See, I know it's programmed by the guy <laughs> that did wonderful stuff later. That's all well and good. But you made zero gravity table tennis in 3D badly at that, slowly. Slow moving, zero gravity table tennis, which sounded like air hockey. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. I really don't. It's not I, pleasing. I it's not pleasing to the eye to the ear or to the control <laughs> no it's really not although he's not listed down on did he do it <laughs> pretty sure he did i don't know let me look for room 10 i just i don't want to i don't want to sign this to the wrong person no um, no make sure we've got it right we don't want to be i mean it may not thank us for it as well and there's some games in the also ran category nearly ran category in there that were just you know awful pieces of nonsense as well but probably not quite as nonsensey as yeah. that well it's by crl crl did Tarsetti. I did. And I'm sure I read it in the review on Zap. It said it was him. <laughs> so it's, I, I'm, I'm happy to, you know, give it to, 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 to <laughs> just ridiculousness. And I think it's topped off with seven speeds that are measured on musical tempo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> you can play, play the game Allegro if you like. Um, how, does that, how does that work? <laughs> Presto. <laughs> don't know what's that got to do with table zero g table tennis <laughs> god's sake oh dear me no 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 
Oh, here we go. Are we settling on room 10 then? I think I think my I have to settle on room 10. Yes, I think because it was so just awful. So yes, that's that's my I'm settling on that one. I'm going to have to settle on it. it's that one. Okay. There we go then. So I I agree. Room 10 is our craziest concept. So Graham, do you want to make that announcement? The winner, the winner of the Craziest, craziest Concepts Concept Award for 1986 goes to, goes to Room 10. Room 10. I'm not clapping that. No, because it's zero gravity, so it doesn't carry any sound. <laughs> I can't get my hands to move fast enough to make a clap noise. <laughs> I still can't think of what uh, that game was that that was based on something else. I mean, there was all, there's nearly rants in there. You know, Southern Bell could have made an appearance that it's one frame per second crazy, and some others, some others in there in there. Yeah. But making a train game isn't in of itself a crazy concept. That was just a crap attempt. So Yes, exactly. Um, I can't remember what was in mine. Um, a time Tunnel was in there as well. <laughs> um, I had Super Bowl because I found the concept of making a game around one, one game <laughs> in two teams. Crazy. That's a crazy concept. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit different, that's for sure. Uh, and I was I also put in there Miami Dice um, <laughs> because it's a, a <laughs> it's, it's, it's I just don't get it but there you go anyway crazy concept room ten did I say well done or not <laughs> um, I think just you know go off and if you've really you know go off and play zero gravity table tennis and tell me how wonderful it is that's what do, do you see them playing in the uh, international space station no and there's a good reason for that because it's really shit to play. Anything in zero gravity that involves a ball. Yeah, the, the ball don't come down. No, well, it won't. It'll just you could hit it in one direction forever, and it's never, and it will never go any faster than you, the energy you apply to it. Bear in mind that yep. you can only apply so much energy in zero gravity. So no, it's just it's a physics nightmare. <laughs> it's a physics nightmare. The game it's reliant uh, on gravity. The game's reliant on having gravity because that's how the ball drops and bounces. That's the fundamental Newton's law. <laughs> If yep. ever there was a game reliant on physics, it's a game like table tennis, even in 3D. So to take the one thing it's based upon away, can you imagine <laughs> if football, you took gravity away from football, you just kick a ball and you just go forever in one direction. It, <laughs> unless something stops it, it's going to just keep going. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Headers would be hilarious. Jump up for a header and you just, just see footballers flying up <laughs> into space. Like, oh, damn it. We've got to put heavier We've shoes on these footballers. <laughs> <laughs> I've told you, how many times have I told you? Lead football boots, for goodness sake. Oh, he's never coming down. <laughs> even, with, yeah, but he's, even with lead, it's still, it's still not come down. There's no gravity to pull him down. <laughs> no, there wouldn't. He's just going to keep going forever unless, unless something Absolutely. pushes him down the other way. But anyway, let's not debate the physics crazy. <laughs> one of the challenging <laughs> things for these games in 1986 has been some of their physics interpretations. You know, we've yeah. got golf games with random physics and table tennis with no physics. And we've had table tennis games with physics that didn't do physics very well. It's all very hit and miss, isn't it? So Yeah. There we go. That's the craziest concept. So uh, should we move on to our next award? I think we should. Let's get into this then, because it's the, well, it's, it's the biggie. It's the, it's, the, it's the biggie smalls. It is the best game. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, it's the best game. So um, we did our picks beforehand and we've come down on one two three four five six seven seven nominations so let's go through them so we've got the eidolon alter ego leaderboard green beret parallax druid and world games so those are the ones that we nominated what did we have if you bear with me one moment what did we have of the same well we've only got three okay that so makes that it a bit easier <laughs> yep uh, we've got alter ego leaderboard and world games Oh, that doesn't make it any easier. 
<laughs> well, God, well, that's, that's what we've really, got. That's really tough. Oh, my God. Wow. I mean, it's impressive that there's two sports games in there. That's good. That's a, that's a good sign because we, as we, we've said over the period of the podcast, actually, that sometimes they've struggled with the sports games um, for different reasons. Sometimes they just haven't quite adhered to the rules or the physics haven't been quite right, as we've just said, and there's been a number of attempts. But when they do get it right... And often it's epics that have done that. When they do get it right, um, you get games like World Games or you get games like your leaderboards and stuff. So it's nice to see that there's a good representative of sports games that rely on physics and representation of rules and things in there. That's good to see. Alter Ego, that's very interesting that that's in there. That's very interesting. And that we both went for it. Yeah, and I can totally see why as well. Yeah. I can totally see why. So, I mean, we were very, very praiseworthy of that in the uh, episode yeah. we spoke about it. And with good reason. I think... So a debate with these three sick because this, I mean, Alter, Alter Ego is completely different in every possible way to those other two. And I wonder if the problem I have is that I'm going to layer in something that I think these games have to have in them to be in the best game. So to be in the best game, to be the best game and to be in the best game, you've got to be really good at all the things that make these games good. All of them. And I think one of those things, you know, and and okay, so Alter Ego doesn't have the graphics of, say, World Games, but Alter Ego has other things that make up for that in game in terms of its game logic and other stuff. However, there's a few things I think that set some of the other games over Alter Ego in, the, in here. And I think if we take, so let's take graphics out because that's not a fair comparison. We're not comparing apples and, you know, it's apples and pears, really, if we do that. But okay, they're in the same thing. The graphics for Alter Ego are suitable for Alter Ego. So the graphics for Leaderboard are suitable for Golf and so on. However, accessibility to these games. Alter Ego is a difficult game to get hold of, expensive, and not widely available. So not everyone will have even had a chance to play Alter Ego and get hold of it. Even back then, it was really hard to get hold of Alter Ego because it was, I think, an American yeah, release. disc only and stuff. And So, this, so, this, so this, that's thing number one, is that out of all those three games, it's the least accessible. Out of all those three games, however, Alter Ego is probably the most complex in terms of its it's the all the stuff that's in it. It's a big it's the biggest game out of all of them in terms of its space. Because you've got all that text in there, all those different encounters, all of that stuff. But it's also the game that's dated the worst out of all three. Because some of the content in there, as you pointed out in the at the time of the when we reviewed it, some of the content is either confusing and doesn't quite work in context of the game. So some of the logic makes errors and it's kind of dated in a kind of a it's very of its time in terms of its representations of gender and stereotype and all of those things. So it, it mm -hmm, is, yeah. and you have to accept that about it because, you know, it's, there's no gender fluidity in that. It's, you know, there's a male version, there's a female version and, and those definitions of male and female, however you feel about that, they are what they are in that game, uh, those games. I never actually saw Alter Ego on the shelf anywhere. I only came by it because I got a copy of it from someone many, many, many years after, it, well, years after it came out and only the male version. I'd only ever played the female version once it became more available on the on the internet. And so I think as much as I love Alter Ego because it is a genuinely clever, compelling experience, if I put it side by side with Leaderboard and World Games, I actually prefer, I prefer those games. I think they're better games. They're more fun. They're more multiplayer fun. You, ha I've had more fun with them. Alter Ego is a solo flight, personal journey and experience. And don't get me wrong, it's, it's an incredible thing to have on your... CV of games that you've played in your life and it does take you on an entire lifelong journey and that is something but I if I sit there and think how much fun have I had with those three games and in, in that pit in my, another time I've been playing games and from that the age of when I first played those all the way up to now and world games and leaderboard head and shoulders I've had more fun at playing those by miles than alter ego so I don't think I could put alter ego at the top 
for me. And so for me, it then becomes a debate around leaderboard versus world games. And then, then I'm falling in very difficult territory. Mm. But I'm going to say this, uh, and you may agree or disagree, and obviously you're free to you know, discuss and everything else. I have to say, world games is an amazing thing, but not every game in world games is great. Leaderboard is great. End of. All of it. There's no aspect of leaderboard that isn't good. And every version of leaderboard that came after it is also very good. And it set the benchmark for golf games forever. And I think it deserves perhaps, that perhaps does set it apart from the, the other two in that list because it, it's actually a complete, World Games is an extension of the logic of Summer Games. But I think in the review when we spoke about it, you preferred Summer Games because I think there's something just slightly a bit more coherent about Summer Games and its experience. World Games is an amazing looking experience sound-wise. The events are fun. But log rolling isn't that much fun. And some of the events in it are really funny, but they're not as good as if you've got four EMH round and you all play a game of a round of leaderboard and you have a sort of a four-player game and the fun of going through that experience and all the rest of it. And so I, I think I'm leaning towards leaderboard as my favourite out of those three, but what about you? Yeah, I mean... I mean, I made no bones about the beginning of the year, sort of thing, that the Eidolon is one of my favourite games. So, but, but by process of our elimination, it's not in there. So fair enough. If we go by those three, then I've never sort of considered Alter Ego in those terms that you just, you just laid out there. And I think that's a, that's a good argument, um, some, some good points you've actually made. And, and it is so unlike everything else. Because coming into this, I think I was 100% set on giving it to Alter Ego because it was unlike so much anything else. And there is very little like it. And in 1986... To release a product like this, to release something that was doing what it did, and then a few, few I don't know how many months or mm. it was a year later, the female version came out, to do this sort of thing was, it, it annoyed me when we talk, spoke about the Sentinel, mm. I think, and they went, and in the review, they said, oh, we can't, we can't score this. And yet you scored Alter Ego. And Alter Ego yes. is so unlike anything else. The, you know, Sentinel is a game and it has game written all over it. Alter Ego mm. is a completely different kettle of fish. It's even almost unreviewable. Yes. Um, you either like it or you don't. And so, but I think those points you make for the time are, qu- are quite coherent, that they're quite important, I think. And yeah, accessibility. I could never play this because I never had a disk drive. Yes. So it was years before I actually got to play this. And I think I just played it around either at your house or, or, or Gary's house because yeah. or, or, you guys had disk drives. So I think I bored Gary one one point sort of thing and he just, <laughs> he just sat there for five hours while I sat and played it. You know, and he, he whatever he did, I don't know. I didn't turn around because well, no, I don't like turning around when he's got when I've got no. my back to him because I don't know what I'm going to be cited with. He, he was either making a cheese sandwich or he was masturbating. <laughs> the sound and the smell are the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or putting a uh, putting some bogeys underneath his desk. Yeah. Oh, uh, God, it, God, no. It was like the t- flashbacks. It, flashbacks. It was like the. T- it was like the top of a cave under there. <laughs> oh, no. It was like no. stalactites. It's like growing diamonds. When I used to sit, if I, if I moved my legs wrong, they'd shred the top of my knees. <laughs> my mum was always wondering why there's why just massive claw marks in my jeans. I mean, if, if you look down the edge of that table, it looked like the serrated edge of a Swiss army knife. You know, like, and you think, what, why is it? Why, it looks like his desk had shark's teeth. <laughs> it did, yeah. It did. And if you touched on it, the, oh, God, pain. Absolutely, yeah. You needed a tetanus shot. You did. We were bogey stabbed, um, and that's gross and painful <laughs> at the same time. No one wants to get bogey stabbed. Nobody. Nobody. Uh. <laughs> that is actually the grossest thing I think we've ever come out with in this podcast. We saved that well, for all the go. other gross things we've talked about, and we've talked about some horrible stuff, but. Oh, just everything about that last five minutes of conversation. I'm trying to erase out <laughs> my mind right now. <laughs> Gary never adhered to its clean up time. I can no, tell you that. He did not. No. Oh, God. No. That, that, 
crusty bogey. That, that desk. He had bogey <laughs> icicles, essentially. Yeah, exactly, yeah, stalactites. Bogey calls. <laughs> yeah, he crawled <laughs> under there with a heart. He needed a hard heart. <laughs> he went caving <laughs> under his table. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God. So, anyway, but if you listen going... to this, Gary, by the way, we apologise. We're not <laughs> taking the piss out of you. We're taking the piss out of you from years ago. Right now, I'm sure yeah. you don't like, but I hope you don't. Do any of those things? I'm sure you don't. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, often I went spelunking under there. Uh, not before he did. I'm telling you, he spelunked all over the place in that room. Goodness me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Best game. <laughs> anyway, we've digressed somewhat from... So somewhat. you played Alter Ego at Gary's house. I played Alter Ego, so it was hard to get older. But, and, I, and, I think it, and I think your comments about the nature of it places it very, very strongly in a specific period of time yes um and it it's like you know it, it's like watching the breakfast club or a film st elmo's fire it's like watching one of those in a modern context and you go that's a bit you know yeah, there are yeah. elements of it that, that, that haven't stood up and i think we, we have to kind of take that into consideration yes, if we're we going back on them now and, and, and what we thought so I love Alter Ego, and I think it's quite clear that the pair of us both love Alter Ego and, and admire it for uh, its many things, but I think you're right. I think the other two are more gamey, and if we come to those other two, Leaderboard is just perfect. Yes. It's, it, it doesn't do anything wrong. It's simple. It You know, like I said, the, the noise in the, the cup and the ball in the cup is just perfect. Um, everything is right. Everything. It's just a great great and it like like you just mentioned as well and like we said in our when we talked about it many episodes back it set the benchmark it did it is every golf game of any merit that came later had to look like that yeah follow that follow that angle follow that view and almost get you know that control system yep. is you know it took all those steps and just all in one go just did did them all here yep. you go like you said about galway and other people were making these things and don't forget about we about a couple of weeks after this, we played hole in one. Now I know you we said did. that was the old, old, oldy hole in one. It's but... budget, budget leaderboard. Yeah. <laughs> but budget, budget leaderboard. <laughs> Caboot leaderboard. I think is our description <laughs> yeah, of that. But it just shows that leaderboard just got everything. They just went. This is how we do it. There yes, you go. It is a lesson. And yeah, and other games, you know, will come along and do similar. Hopefully, I don't know. There's loads of golf games by the looks of it. World games, and I think you're right here as well. Is not as coherent, and I said it in the review. It's not as coherent a package as summer games too. Which is still my favorite games game. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, you know, above, uh, and I know Multi-event we've got California second. games to come. Yeah, so of the uh, of this lot, summer games, summer games two, winter games, world games, California games, and then you get the the games sports edition and the games mm. winter edition somewhere down the line, which I don't really remember much of. Summer games two is always the one I will go back to. There's just something cohesively perfect about it. All the all the events work. The equestrians are toughened, but it works and it's still fun to play if you get mm. it right once you learn it. Some of the games in this, like you said, the log rolling. The yeah. sumo, yeah, they're not. They're just. They're not as high quality. No, and I think you actually hit on a good point when you did the review for the podcast episode, which is some of it's in there. It feels like it's a bit of a laugh more than it's a bit of a good game. And I think sometimes they get the balance just a little bit wrong, and it's just it's a bit more for for kicks and a bit more for a goof, and doesn't take itself too seriously, which they kind of fall into the trap of with California games like down the line and other ones. Whereas some of the games too is far more. It's not. I want these games are. It's more serious an approach to the sports it's presenting. Whereas world games is kind of, kind of has moments of silliness, and I think you have to take that into account. Yeah, and so for me, I mean, <laughs> if, if we're, from these three games, leaderboard, leaderboard is just. It would probably be in my top three personally for the year mm. for certain for sure. The other two. Maybe, maybe not. There's, there's an argument for those, but I think leaderboard would would. There's no question, shadow of a doubt. And I said it when I played. We, we did the review that it, 
I, I went back to it and I was just, it was just, I enjoyed my time with it to mm. such a degree that I couldn't stop playing it. I was playing it all afternoon. I played yep. single player, multiplayer, all on my own. And it's ages since I've done that with a game that I wanted yeah. to sort of have have lots of goes of the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's got its little quirks, like the little lines, but, but it, you know, that's, to me, that's player affordance. That's giving yep. you a bit of a, a bit of niceness to the player rather than being punishing because so many games we play are so bloody punishing. Yes. To the pixel thing. This one was like, no, you know what? Have a bit of leeway. And it just did it. And whether that was purposeful or not, I don't know. I'm guessing it was. But Leaderboard for me is a standout game, not just from this year, but from the Commodore 64's library. Yes, I completely agree. Um, and, and that for me is, yeah, I, I would drop on, you know, I think it's a, certainly, a, you know, it's an above par game. Yes, oh, very good. Yes, it's in a <laughs> it's in an elite group in that list. You know, you've got some heavy hitters in there: Druid, the Eidolon, Green Beret, for example. Those those are all parallax. Those are all really good games to have in the sort of top list. They're all amazing. But at the end of the day, we have to pick out of those into the three we did. And I stand by. I think World Games is an amazing game. Don't get me wrong, but Leaderboard is astonishing. And and also to I'd also say this as well. Neither of us are golfers. No, no, I'm no golf lundgren. We're not. No, no, we're not golf lundgrens. And for us to sort of err on, go away from the comedy of world game sort of thing to a game that I don't like watching golf. No. Really. You know, I don't tune in for the the Open or the the Masters or whatever, or no. the um, the one that's just been on the, the Ryder Cup or whatever. I know the no one, but I don't, don't care for them. But put me in front of the leaderboard and I love it. Yeah. And that to me is a sign of a game that is doing something right. Absolutely. And, you know, and the multiplayer aspect of leaderboard, because you can play at different levels when you play it. So if you're quite experienced, you can go for that. Yeah. Whereas yeah, novices yeah. can play at a more novice level. That is very clever thinking to think like that. And that actually makes it more accessible than any of the other sports games, because none of them do that apart from leaderboard. And I think that's really to its credit. That's that's something really unique about it. And again, it just yes. it's one of those things that sets it again, head and shoulders above the fact that it tracks it that way and everything else. No, no, I have. I remember having lots of people around the house and a game of leaderboard was something we all got stuck into and had a real good laugh with and world games to some extent as well. But I think we all, if I was actually sat and looked back on it, looked back on it, I remember having such fun with leaderboard and when people got stuck and couldn't do it and it went wrong and you're laughing your head off at them and stuff like that. Now, mm -hmm. leaderboard, I think leaderboard has to, has to be the top of those three without doubt. Yeah, we're in agreement then. We are. That's good. That, that one's so bad though. That one, that was, no. well, when I, I suppose when a game of such quality is there. Yeah. And another le another later entry into the year as well. Is it? No, it's in the summer. Yeah, but it's a later entry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a later entry than Willow Pattern, yeah, which was also in my consideration. <laughs> no one. No, it wasn't. So, Graham, would you like to announce our best game? The best, best game, game for 1986, 1986 is Leaderboard. Leaderboard. Is it Leaderboard Golf or Leaderboard? Uh, who cares? <laughs> the best, best game, game for 1986, 1986 is Leaderboard, Leaderboard. Golf. Golf. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. You all know it's Leaderboard. You remember it. It's Leaderboard. <laughs> Whitman, Price, and They played Leaderboard. You remember them. They did. They did indeed. So there you go. That's a, a really good trio of, of you know, quality games. You know, you're not going to go wrong with any of them. No. You know, or even any of the seven we've listed there. They're all amazing stuff and shows that that's quite a breadth of game as well, isn't it? It is. I mean, the Eidolon was... February, Alter Ego is fairly early. You got yeah. golf games. You got a standout arcade conversion. Yeah, a, a better version of the arcade that will come along. Now, Druid. Next, see that's now. So last year, a sports game won our best game, didn't it? No, it's Paradroid. Oh, I thought. It, oh, sorry. Yeah, it came, was one of the runners-up, wasn't it? Summer Games Two. Summer Games Two was. And this year, we've got yeah. two sports games in the in the top there. 
Next year is going yeah. to be interesting. Next year is going to be really interesting. It will be. Yeah, and so there we go. Some real heavy hitters next year. So not that there isn't this time. But yeah, there we go. There we go. Best game. Leaderboard. Well okay. done. Well done. Well a done. real proper golf clap. Well done. Yes, we'll actually put a proper golf clap in there for that. We should do, yeah. yeah. Um, let's move on to our next award then. Which is a bit of fun because it's the best crap vert. Or the worst crap vert, or the best. <laughs> it's the crappy, crappiest crap vert, whatever you want to call this. Um, so we haven't, we haven't actually chosen for these. So we're going to go through them and just kind of just. I think it's going to be gut reactions here. Yeah, and th- I have actually been through some of these and and, and okay. looked and, and 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 I'm going to base it on the ones that we've just put it because we picked out a few and put them in the in the document that we have, like a shared document. And mm-hmm. I'm just and I've, as I've gone through them, some of them are stand out for me. So I would put the war play bongo advert in there with the winter events <laughs> just for bongo for bongo yeah, that yeah. goes in there i think i think think is another one that would perhaps go in there because it's just stupid and it's got blitz think speed think it's got all that stupid think logic and then you get into sort of this there's a lot of dubious looking ones in there you know we've got the the stupid egg-based tomfoolery of sports for all you've got the hessian backed highlander you've got you know synthetic man changes nappy in stupid prodigy I'm always leaning towards, and um, there's that mumbles one. He's so stupid with that stupid miniature man with a big chin, let alone the <laughs> head bone. It's just, they're all pretty crap, aren't they? I think the, I'm going to rule out the micro gen three weeks in paradise one because it's just, it's just visually offensive. And I'm going to take out something that's offensive because it is. Yeah, that's fair enough. I just put it in there because it is a crap. crap it is, yeah, oh, no, it's deserved in the crap verb, but I think I'm just ruling it out because I'm, I'm going for crap, not controversial. And I think that's on I the think, controversial. I think Mantronics needs to go in. And I think, man, yeah, Mantronics, I was just going to say, I think out of those, Mantronics is the one with the really, with the stupid four drawings on it and that weird robot thing in the middle with the burly chest. Yes, I think those three. So Mantronics, Advert, Think, and Warplay slash Bongo. <laughs> So bloody bongo, <laughs> which was the woman that's been menaced by giant rats and never really explained yeah. what it is. It's just that's what it is. Just as a, an aside, I, I went and because I was looking at these today, I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a look see what this game is. So I went and um, you know just YouTube it because I'm not going to play it. And it's a weird single screen laddery type thing where there's a woman in the top left and you actually play a rat in <laughs> in clothes wandering around and I couldn't make out what was going on and it, it, there was things going. And you have to spell the word bongo, and I've I couldn't for the life of me figure out what the hell was going on. But that that advert, that just that bit of it, you know, there's giant rats and a, and a woman on a stairs with her dress blowing up, and the rat behind her looks like he's about ready to do. It's just awful. It's not good, you know. And he's about ready to show her his bongo. <laughs> so we're putting warplate slash bongo in there then. Yeah, yeah. Warplay is obviously crap as well. That's stupid. But the winter events down the bottom, that whole menagerie of that whole horribleness. But but Bongo. And that's Anko, isn't it? So the classic, it's another classic. Of course it's Anko. Anko, because they're famous for that. Because we've, we've, we've debated many Anko adverts. So yeah, we, that's there was there. the shaded egg. We have, and then we've got the Think, which that, I noticed that it's an Areola soft game and they usually did quite good stuff. But that advert, it's another one where they've put a, a miniature version of the game advert in the game advert. And it seems to be a theme. <laughs> I was tempted to put I was tempted to put in the Thai boxing one, but... <laughs> God, yeah, that's another one that had a, a miniature version of the advert, didn't it, in there? But, you know, yes. so I think think is the, you know, the precursor to that. And it's got so much gibberish, nonsensical, exclamation mark driven crazy in that, that it, it deserves to be there. And, and it also, I love that the yellow box where it explains what it is. 
What is think? Because you're never going to get it from the advert. It's just a, yeah. it's a robotic see-through skull with arrows pointing at it. It's just completely yeah. not this stupid. On a, on a grid, on the de facto on 1980s the, yes. grid. It has to have a grid. You've got to have the game grid because of Tron. Always, always with a grid. And then the Mantronics one. <laughs> just badly drawn faces. That's what makes me remember of that Mantronics one. Ma- Ma- the Mantronics one is the uh, robot with his name on his chest wielding a <laughs> fleshlight. That's right. Yeah, it's, it actually is a flashlight in there. And so you've got then you've got the four characters, each one looking. Well, you've got one. What the first one looks like a pig. The other one looks like a dodgy <laughs> pirate. The third one looks like a member of the Proclaimers that looks like he's been surprised with a sausage up his bottom. Well, see, I think he's gone to sleep and he's painted the eyes on his glasses. <laughs> All that, yeah. And then you've got, I don't even know, he described old gummy Joe there in the bottom right corner. He's a, I don't know what that is. His head's all misshapen. He's got no teeth. His teeth have gone all wrong. Um, so It's I the think, guy yeah. in the top left as well who looks like um, Dr. Solo from the... Uh, he thingy does. films, the, the Marvel films, is it with his piggy nose. Is he thinking new release, 795 cassette as well? <laughs> yeah, he it looks like a thought that, yeah. bubble or something that's just popping out of his head. And that's what he thinks of when he looks at a a, a metal metal man wielding a fleshlight. It is, and that, that metal man is clearly inspired by the metal woman, actually, of the Fritz Lang movie. Um, oh, Metropolis. Metropolis. So, so it's a little bit Metropolisy with a with the sort of it has to have the you know, the tokenistic robotic red eyes in there. But the Mantronics logo itself, A, it's not straight in the advert, so they clearly can't do things properly. But B, it's also got a terrible, a terrible depth effect combined with some kind of gradiated fill on an angle. It's so horrific and it's <laughs> and it's on a space background for some reason. Yeah, what's the planet all about? Well, why is it there's a planet and the guy's the robot's just walking. It's just having a walk in space. It's just <laughs> really it's just crap. That's why it's a crap verb, because one of the prevailing concepts that runs through all of the crappiest crapverts that we have is that they literally make no sense. The yeah. Warplay Bongo game makes no sense because none of those games look like they should exist in the real world. <laughs> and I don't think there's ever been a, a game called Bongo where you're a rat terrorising a woman on a platform. It's all kinds of crazy. The Think advert, it's just, it's just so much content on the advert that I think, it's, think the person who designed it thought, you know what, if we put enough stuff in it, it's really going to make people think. But just in case they don't get it, let's make sure we, we explain it in every possible way. But then just went punctuation mad. And it's like he just, his exclamation key just went off at random like a machine gun. So, There's and a, of course, Mantronics. And the thing is, that Think one, if you look at the, bl- the blue blurb down the bottom, it says, available from all good software retailers. If it's not there, please order it. Or in case of difficulty, <laughs> it's like, the game. Oh, please buy this, please. And didn't, and didn't we say that the uh, the term areola was actually the area around the nipple as well? So this was nipple games. It's, it sounds the same. It's not spelt the same, but yes, it's, yes. Uh, yeah. So this is so it's so it's soft, nipple games. Soft nipples. So it's soft nipples soft. present think. A supreme <laughs> test of logic and strategy. What is Think? Which Essentially is just... a board game. <laughs> I love that opening there. Essentially, it's a board game. So why am I? Why have I bought this on a computer then? So Don't I know. Know. suppose we've got a debate. We know we've got to think of which one wins the best crapvert out of those three. And there's been a lot of crapverts in there. Although obviously they're waning in supply towards, you know, there's no, so nowhere near as many as there was in 1985. Goodness me. Oh, God, no, no. And don't forget, we've, we've skipped over the Battle of the Planets abomination. Yes, we have with um, its cut out. Because I, I don't know who drew them. Um, yes we have and also we've we've also you know we've put to one side dirty den yeah i did mention the den with his that cheeky sort of weirdness and the nigel tufnell looking woman i don't don't understand it but for me number one this year is mantronics yeah i'll go with i'll go with that i think think he's just too text heavy and bongo is a 
is one crappy game on a sea of crappy games, and every anchor advert's actually like that. So I think. But Mantronics, Mantronics looks like it's been tried to be designed. It's it's it, it's a robot wielding a, a sex toy in space, <laughs> yeah. and that that and that does not sell that game. I don't care which way you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got his he's got his uh, name on his chest. Yeah, it's just in case you forgot. <laughs> And he's been he's been eyeballed by four very dubious looking people. It's all it's just stupid. It fulfills yeah. all the quality tick boxes that we have on our crap vert list. It makes no sense. It doesn't advertise the game. The logo is rubbish and not drawn properly. The graphics that are drawn are crap. And at the end of the day, it's it's not really clear what it's about. But all we do know is that there's a giant silver robot floating over a planet in space, holding a holding a sex toy. And for those reasons, it's a crap vert. <laughs> And I think it deserves to be the best one out of those. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with that as well. I think Mantronics is our crap vert of the year. By you know, <laughs> I d- I'm not sure if it's in the. I think it actually might be in the same league as um, as last year's Metabolis. Metabolis is a is a special as a special place. <laughs> but you know, but is it about the letter M? I don't it's know. Two M games. It's two M. Because well, this one is half half man, half robot. It last is. year's was half man, half bird. Yeah, they just couldn't be sure what half was what. <laughs> and it's never explained why he's why he's yeah. holding a, um, a and you know he's got a you know and he's got a groinal bulge going on around this this robot as as he well does. for no he's reason. He's got robot pants, hasn't he? He's got robo pants. <laughs> he's got yeah, got his robot pants on with his belt. He has. Well, why does he, he need, need a belt? belt? Yeah, why? What's that red button? <laughs> that must be, that's his on-off button, surely. Which is an obvious place. <laughs> that's, for the pa- it. that's the power on the flashlight. And he looks like he's walking with purpose there. So whatever he's going to do with that flashlight, you can you know back off. <laughs> And no wonder those four people looking at him are all, are all strangely faced and, and aggrieved. They've all been <laughs> robo fleshlit, which sounds very painful. Very painful. Oh, massively so, painful. And all so. this for what looks like from the screenshots, some crap isometric nonsense. No, God, doesn't it just? No, no. Mantronics all the way. Yeah, there we go. So thank you very much. That was it. That's your best... Uh... <laughs> Your best crap vert. So, Graham, would you like to announce the uh, the best crap vert? The best crap vert for 1986 goes to Mantronics. I'm not clapping. Oh, no. Ooh, get off. <laughs> get off. Be less crap. All right. <laughs> that's it, isn't it? That's all, all our that's main all awards. Our, that's all our main awards. We've just got a few sort of silly mentions of little things here and there. And then that's... Yeah, so yeah. Let, let's, let's jump to them then, shall we? Let's jump mm. to what we've got few extra bits coming up. All right, yeah, so there you go. That's that bit. Okay, so uh, as promised, we've got some listeners' awards just to see what you guys thought. So what did you think were the best games of 1986? And some of you have let us know, so it's always cool to let us know through Facebook or forums or Twitter um or through instagram so that's always cool to get this kind of feedback so let's knock through these uh and see what you thought so unofficial who uh from Rollmut forum he said his best game of the year was psi5 trading company interesting yeah interesting. he said he was probably the only person who would vote for this very true <laughs> and he's very true yes he's not wrong um okay uh his best music was parallax Good choice. Um, good, great choice. Uh, he said it might not be the best music for the game, but it's an impressive and brave piece of music. Yes. Uh, and his best graphics were the Sacred Armor of Antiriad. Ah, okay. Well, good choices there. Yeah. So three strong choices. All you know, PSI five tried is a left field entry, but not something we considered, was it? No. Left field um, entry there, sounds there painful, but we'll go with that. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, again, from Rulmuk, Carlton Handley. 
um, who is uh, not only one of our listeners, but he's also the creator of All Points Bulletin, Rugby the World oh, Cup, Skull and Crossbones, good. Spitting Image, Wanderer, and the recent Millie and Molly and Run and Gun. Oh, Millie and Molly's um, ace, that new one. That's really good. Yeah, and, and Run and Gun. Uh, he thinks his, his best game for 86 was Split Personalities. Okay. Uh, his best music was Thrust. Ooh. And best graphics uh, was Mercenary. Right. Okay. Okay. Programmer. So yeah. I'm wondering, I, well, I can only think that that's a As that's the a mayor of Targ, I'd like to thank him for his vote of confidence. <laughs> and he's quite welcome to come and stay at the hotel once it's built. And we figured out how to stop people and have to see through the showers. So. <laughs> yeah, they need to. Um uh, from Facebook, K, one of our in our group, Facebook group, KF Lim, uh, his favourite game was Mercenary. Interesting. I, uh, I thought that might be more popular. Yeah, yeah. Um, his graphics went to Dan Deere. Oh, good choice. That was in our list, I think. Wasn't we winner? I think but it, it was. was yeah, it's an yeah. interesting. It was a visually arresting game. That was mm. good. Um, however, and I will use this uh, music he gave to Glider Rider. That the day Whitaker piece. Yeah, yeah. you didn't like that one, did you? I, I thought it was no. all right. But it's, but no, it's quite I, I, I hated though. it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's two <laughs> tunes in it, isn't there? There's two. There's one on the bike and there's one on the air. And as you spend most of the time on your bike, and that's all. You know, anyway, anyway, <laughs> K, K liked that. So, you know, fair play. That's your that's your choices, and, and you can own them. Um, <laughs> Andy Marsh on Facebook. Uh, his best music was Yi Kung Fu. Good choice. It's a good choice. Uh, his best game, uh, well, sorry, yeah, his best game was Euridium. Okay. Very early entry into that year, but yeah, I can see why. Yeah, absolutely. And his best graphics, another one for the Sacred Armor of Antiriad. Yeah, I think that's, you know, interesting. He's picked from two complete ends of the annual spectrum there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's also given us an extra award, which was the best budget. But he's given us smiley faces okay. and put red max. So I don't think he's being entirely serious here. I hope he's not. Uh, you can get you shit. can get on your moon bike, and you can try and stop all the terrors of, that happened in that. that yeah, well, we also plot. know that when the revolution comes and the world ends, he's going to be the first person with his fence panel. So you know, we know that, <laughs> yeah. and no one can get in as long as they've got some electricity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we need that to live. You know, I need it for my fences. Bugger off. <laughs> exactly. Um, Doctor Goggles on Twitter. Uh, he said there were some good games to choose from. Uh, Antiriad, Ghouls and Ghosts, Infiltrate, Green Beret, Thrust. But for him, he has chosen Euridium for his best game. Okay. Yeah, I can so totally get why you would choose Euridium. that. I think we would have been yeah. happy to have two Andrew Braybrooks one after another from, from, our persp- from my perspective. I don't think it's... But I can see why yeah. you put it there. It's a good shooter. I can, yeah, I can as well. It's a quality shooter, but... Mm. Um, a lot of good tunes this year. Zoids, Last V8, Commando, yeah. Bombo, Green Beret, Ghosts and Goblins. But his favourite was Spellbound. Okay, yeah, I can totally dig that. Um, yeah, I think we yeah. were quite. That was in our was in our consideration before we yeah, went all Galway, think, didn't we? Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> it's definitely in the list, you know. And it's just from my personal view, I just don't think that nineteen eighty six was Hubbard's year. I think that'll Not come. Yet. That comes. Yeah. Uh, his graphics, he had World Games, Colden 2, Ghosts and Goblins again, a very good. But maybe he's probably thinking he's going to give it to Antiriad. Yeah. So another sacred armor of Antiriad for yeah, graphics. I think we said this at the time that it just comes along and stamps a foot on. Yeah, it does the, the graphical, uh, graphics earthy, mud-colored foot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but he's also stated that games based on plates are the best, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's a long list of games, and he'll have to ponder that. <laughs> 
as we've said many times, not on crockery. Not on crockery. Don't base your games on crockery. <laughs> um, our sponsor, David Hearn. Um, his uh, best game was Mercenary. He loves that uh, game. Which he, say, he said we knew it was coming. But I thought he was going to go with Shogun because he's got a very strong penchant for Shogun. So mm. I'm surprised, David, you've gone for that. I thought you were going to pick Shogun mm. uh, with how much you've waxed lyrical about that. But there you go. Uh, and and also World Games. So Mercenary and World Games he's put here. His best graphics were World Games. Mm-hmm. Um, and his best music was Green Beret. Okay, yeah. It was in R3. Yeah. It was in our three, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah. totally see where that's coming from. It is yeah. a great piece of, ch- it is yeah. a great tune. No, no yep. difference about that. Um, and finally, Sam Hodgson from from Facebook uh, said there was too many to choose from, but he'd have to say, uh, let's have a look. I think this is best game, but it's Thrust, Mercenary, uh, Sentinel, and Iridium, but and, and the music prizes to Sanction. Okay. So I think he's, he, I think he can't choose his best games from Thrust, Mercenary, Sentinel, Sentinel, and Iridium. Okay. Uh, but music's going to sanction. Fair enough. Uh, and the graphics at the time were mercenary. Another graphical okay, yeah. one. Yeah. So, as he was amazed by the 3D world. So. Yeah. 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 I don't think we're far off, are we, with our choices from some, no, of, our, some of our listeners? No, they seem I, to be in the same ballpark. I think it's interesting. I think it's made me think a little bit about how we look at the graphics because there is that. We look at the pixel painted graphics and pixel art. But there is, of course, the technical aspect of graphics, which perhaps we, yeah, perhaps no. It's made me think a little bit about next time. Next time it comes around in the end of '97, I'm going to think a little bit more about the way I think about the graphics because I think I, I get suckered in really easily by nice pixel drawings and pixel mm-hmm. paint. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of pixel art, but you know what? Technical, technically displayed graphics are a thing, and we've got Driller and stuff like that coming up. So maybe we'll, well need that, to think that, about that. That was so. one of the reasons in in my original list is why I had the Eidolon in there because I think technically the graphics in the Eidolon are in- incredible, really. But well, you're the only person uh, on earth that thinks that. <laughs> I know, but you know, I'm happy. I'm happy in my skin, <laughs> and the rest of you can all sod off. As far as I'm concerned. Uh, So there you go. That's uh, the Listeners Awards for 1986. Thank you to all who gave us uh, your Mm. feedback and your votes. It's always greatly appreciated. Um, And obviously, if they aligned with ours, then that's great. If they didn't, then you're just clearly wrong. Yeah. Um, But never mind, eh? (laughs) So (laughs) there you go. That was the Listeners Awards. (laughs) So uh, thanks for that. So we look, obviously, you know, throughout the year, we look at media as well. So we look at films, we look at TV. We're not going to do the best TV because that's nonsense. Um, otherwise, it'd be like the Swindon test card fiasco or something um, <laughs> or whatever. But we've certainly looked at a lot of films. And I'd like to, I don't know whether we're going to do a top three or just a best one or, you know, do we have a, so we've got some list of films here. That, you know, what's our best film then for 1986? Ooh, what would you air list. on? The, the list, I'll just go through the list. This Read is the, the one that I picked out. We've got Rocky Four. Commando, Young Sherlock Holmes, Fright Night, The Hitcher, From Beyond, Day of the Dead, Aliens, Top Gun, Big Trouble in Little China, and Crocodile Dundee. Okay. Good lot of films. There is. Um, this is a standout winner for me out of all of those, by Miles, actually. <laughs> Does it begin with A and ended Leon? <laughs> yeah, Aliens by Miles is the best one out of this. They're yeah, all good. Yeah, yeah. There's some good moments in all of them, but Aliens is the most accomplished. If I was going to have a, you know, because there's different categories there, because that's a good sci-fi movie. You've got a good horror movie is The Hitcher, actually very underrated in in terms of that list, but it's and it's actually genuinely brilliant. I watched it again recently. It's really, really good, The Hitcher. Yeah, Day of exactly the Dead, if it's say. gross out stuff, but I think The Hitcher actually tips, out of all of those, is the best horror movie out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, yeah. you know, if you're going to go for a kind of a cheesy, silly movie, well, Rocky Four is about as cheesy, silly as it gets out of that. There's something <laughs> Crocodile Dundee's good. They're all good. But if I was going to pick a super what, the top of the league would be Aliens. Second in the list for different reasons probably would be The Hitcher. And if I had to pick a three, it would probably be, for me, Big Trouble in Little China because I really like John Carpenter movies. But, you know, anyone could fulfill any of the criteria. The Rocky Four's got moments. Commando's hilarious. Young Sherlock Holmes has got some really weird, gross-out bits in it. Fright Night mm-hmm. is brilliant, in, but I actually like the, I really like the new version, but Fright Night is brilliant. From Beyond is just <laughs> completely bizarre and weird, but has some really good moments. Uh, Top Gun, you know what? It's a great big high-concept crazy movie, but, you know... It's an important film, It is, and in the cinema... reasons. It is, and in the cinema, it really is a good experience. It's a good cinema experience, big blockbuster cinema experience. And you've got, you know, Big Trouble, Crocodile, and D. All good, but no, Aliens by Miles is the best one out of that list. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. I'd probably get Aliens, Hitcher, Rocky Four would be my yeah. three, I think. Yeah, I'd say any... Um, the top two are pretty set on. Any of those others could fulfill my number, my number three. Number three, really. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's about right. There you go. But you should film. watch them all. Go yeah. and watch them all, one after another, <laughs> in that order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> we, we have speaketh it. <laughs> we have. So, do you want to announce it? Go on, let's have an announcement for it as well. The so, what are we even calling that award? So, this isn't the. It's, it's the, the best, best film, film. of nineteen eighty six. So, the so best, best film, film of nineteen eighty six is Aliens. Aliens. Did you forget? I did for a second, yeah, but I'll cut the, yeah, I thought I'll you cut did. the gap like, out. No, leave it in. Leave it. Leave do it. it. Do it to a simmer. Drum, put a drum roll in. <laughs> okay. So I suppose next then, just quickly, is the follow-on. Uh, best music, which following on from last year, is Now 8. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> now 8 wins. Because it was Now 5 last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, and it's Now 8, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what we So I presume have... next year will be Now 11. Well, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. It just saves all the debate and arguing, because, you know, music debate on that could go forever so yeah i agree it now eight do. yeah go and listen now to eight. now eight yep or you could there is a special mention that i think we need to specially mention which was the hair hair aid for all those for all the burl for all the guitar solos <laughs> for seeing all those people in a room together for including spinal tap in a serious thing unserious <laughs> not, seriously <laughs> uh for for watching t-shirts unravel over the period of a video oh my god yeah there's some some really unusual clothes choices in that uh, particular (laughs) and for um, being inexplicably not supporting deaf people or a deaf deaf charity even though it's called hearing aid it's nothing to do with actual hearing charities (laughs) it was just a charity record for charities you know for reasons but uh, no was it was you supporting a deaf charity no they wouldn't be able to wear it there's no point which was the (laughs) Which would have been their, you know, their remit for that. But yeah, now eight wins yeah. the the best music. We won't officially announce that one because we know now wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's it. That's our awards. We've done them. Um, we have. So I'll just do you want me to quickly round them up? Shall I quickly round them up? Um, right. So yeah, just to round up, um, our best visuals, best graphics was the Sacred Armor of Antiriad with Robin of the Wood and Lore of the West. Best sound was World Games. Uh, with runners up Cauldron 2 and Desert Fox. Our Sunday best, our worst game, was Pub Games, followed closely by Sam Fox, Strip Poker, and Knight Rider. Best music was Parallax with Green Beret and Rambo, or as we call it this year, the Martin Galway Award. Um, <laughs> craziest concept was Room 10, followed by Chew the Bells and the Comet. Our best game was Leaderboard, followed by World Games and Alter Ego. And our best cropper was Mantronics, um, with honorable mentions to Think and Bongo. <laughs> Or play by Anko. Oh, there you go. That's the awards. Right. So that's it. That's 1986 done. Um, 1987 is on the horizon. There we go. Um, 
I'm not going to beat around the bush here. There are a lot of games Look at covered list. in Holy 1987. So moly. I picked out just a few. This is from the whole year. So I just went through every zap and just picked out some standouts that all for various reasons. Good. May not be good games, God, or but for you know things that the C sixty four is a, is going on with, so or parts wow. of them that may be good. And we've got things coming up like Dragon's Lair two, Gauntlet, Space Harrier, Labyrinth, Knucklebusters, Aliens, Delta, oh my God, Into the Eagle's Nest, Barbarian, Eyeball, oh, Whizball, wow. World Class Leaderboard, Defender of the Crown, The Last Ninja, hey. California Games, The Proper Kickstart two, Rebounder, Ace two, Bubble oh, Bobble, my God. Bubble Bobble, Raggy I Bob. know, Mega Apocalypse, Enlightenment, Druid two, Qdex. Oh my God. Bangkok Knights, Maniac Mansion, oh Shoot 'em Up Construction Kit, Street Hassle. Oh no. <laughs> I had to put things a bit of a laugh. I remember that one. That's the one we can beat up grannies, isn't it? Beat up grannies and you can actually plant people, blind people in the ground. <laughs> That's going to be interesting to go to. Uh, and then finally, Nebulous. Oh, Nebulous. Um, my yeah. gosh. Wow, yeah, so look at that list. That's and that's when I looked, and I'm, I'm not there's I, I, just as a heads up, we know we're going to have triple episodes coming up because some of the issues when I've been looking through, they've got like 40 odd games in them. Yeah, and if we're going to commit to our remit, which is we play them so you don't have to and look at them all, we can't, we, we're not going to be able to fit them into two episodes. No, so there's so much bloody content coming, there's so much stuff coming down the pipeline. Yeah. <laughs> we've got to play all these games Good we do Lord. but you know uh, uh, there's games in there that i'm really looking forward to revisiting because i haven't played them in quite a while i mean these games that obviously everyone everyone knows certain games in that list everyone knows Wizball is a great game and last ninja and stuff like that we all know that mm -hmm. so there's some stuff in there that you know we're going to be interesting to go back to there's some amazing music obviously we've got knuckle busters in there and there's some other others that are equally good in there but there's some interesting other games in there that often don't come to light in these kind of discussions. Bubble Bobble is an incredible conversion from the arcade for the C64. Yeah, yes it is. Bangkok yes. Knights is a really good fighting game with enormous sprites. And Nebulous is a astonishing technical construction of a game. It is just mind-blowing how clever that game is put together. And then even if you roll it back, back down to things like Eyeball and Barbarian is not without its really good merit. And, it's just, and just those few you've mentioned there, I mean, that is by no means... In the first, I think, three issues of Zap, we'll have played nearly half the amount of games we've played in the entire last year of the yeah. podcast. And that tells you the volume of games that 1987's full. So inevitably, we're going to have to split perhaps the episodes into more parts. It's just more content for you guys listening. And so, you know, and more games for us to play so you don't have to, really. <laughs> don't worry, we'll filter out all those ones for you. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I'm going to imagine that there's going to be a lot of garbage yes um and there's going to be a lot sort of thing so I, I i don't know i mean some of them i can't remember i was when i was going through the list earlier on there's just so many of them i was like never heard of it never heard yeah, of it yeah. don't know never heard of it don't know so it's going to be interesting and like, like a lot this year i'm hoping to find many many diamonds in the rough uh, but i'm sure there'll be lots of well turds in the grass 1987 was the year i got my expert cartridge and later in 1987 was the year i got my action replay cartridge so I can tell you that it's also the year that I stopped paying for games, generally. <laughs> so, so some of the ones, some I didn't have a lot of the instructions for some of these games later down the line. So it's going to be quite refreshing to have them when I replay them now and try and understand them and figure out. And some of these yeah. games, I have a feeling, might be better because of that, you know. And some of them might not be, but we'll see. It is, yeah. So, so I think that's about it. Um, this has been our awards. That's that's been 1986. I have thoroughly enjoyed this year. Yes. It's been great. There's been some many, many lows. But even the lows, I just, you know, I laugh 
you know, they make me, some of these games make me angry, but I just, I find myself laughing at yeah, so. so many inept, inept moments and just what were they thinking? And oh, Lord, sort of thing. But, you know, I don't know. Do we have a reputation for being house? We just play them and say what we think. We play, we play, we've played all of these games and. You know what? When they're great, we tell, we do sing their praises. But there has been some real stinkertrons in there, and this we can't, you know. And I'm not, I'm not going to let them get away with it. No. But now, you know, look at the look at those lists, and those crappy games are in good company now. They're in very strong company, so they've got to really up the game. And it'd be interesting really to do. see how crap the games are now compared to the really good ones, because you know, I, I, I'm this interesting dynamics. I'm looking forward to seeing how the budget games play out against some of the big licenses and and all of that. It's there's an interesting. A whole interesting sea of things to come. We haven't even played Highlander yet, for goodness sake, and we know that's good. Mm-hmm. We know that's the best game ever. <laughs> I, I didn't pull it in. I didn't put it in. Good, don't. There can <laughs> be won't. only one. <laughs> it would be the only one in the list if I put it in. Well, next year we're There'll doing a Highlander reward. It's the Highlander reward for being Highlander. <laughs> there can be only one game that wins it, right? And it ah, is in, ah. in Highlander. <laughs> and yeah, that, it won't be Highlander, yeah. Because no, that's <laughs> no, not a very good be. Highlander game. <laughs> no. Yeah, so we've got, there's tons and tons of stuff to do. Do we want to talk about what, we're, what we've got planned? I think we could just give a little bit of a taster of 1987 well, we better do, things it's, to come. It's going, well, what, no, what we've got planned as in Zap to the Past, I think we need to. because Yeah, uh, no, no, I, that's what I mean. Yes, absolutely, definitely, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's going live next week. Yes. <laughs> Not so next the, week, but when you hear this. Not next week for us. Yes. So <laughs> we're yes, going so forward ab- in absolutely. future. So, so yes, do. So yes, yeah, so we, we've been... It's been mentioned a few times to us, so we're going to be starting a Patreon. Uh, you can find that. Just go over to Patreon. We'll tweet it out. We'll put it out there, but it's probably just go to Patreon and search for Zap to the Past. You're going to find it. We are in the process of you know putting everything together and getting that all ready, so there will be extra stuff. There will be things like uh, you know signing up for it. We'll get access to a Discord server where we can come and chat. There's another avenue to get hold of us and talk to us and all that kind of stuff and talk with each other about favorite games or whatever. There's plenty of that going on. We've gone have special patron only stuff what that will be is open to negotiation we're not going to prescribe anything or say we're going to do this but we will be doing like an ask us anything each month so if we get enough questions that is i suppose if there's only one question it will be much point putting out but if we get enough of them once we get enough of them we'll be recording special ask us anything and within that as well probably you know if you want to actually give us what you thought of a game if you think we were way off tell us it's fine. We don't care. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll tell you you were wrong, but it's fine, you know, um, <laughs> because uh, that's what it is. So all this stuff is coming down the line. So if you head over to Patreon, if you're interested in becoming part of, you know, supporting us, and it, it is to support us. We're not, you know, we're not going to be able, I don't think we're going to be quitting our day jobs. No. Um, but it's, it's, it's to help us keep this going server costs website costs all those kind of things it just helps us keep producing what we'll keep producing and anything we can get towards that is just of a, a massive yeah. help and we will massively appreciate that absolutely um i don't think you got anything to add to that or? no i think you know what there'll be we produce a lot of content there'll be some ex- obviously there'll be exclusive content in there as well as loads of other things that you've mentioned um and look out for some key interviews and things like that we're going to put in there as well when we go through yes, and, yeah yeah and you'll, 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 the parameters of what you can select from will be on the patreon go and look at that and explore that do you know what we do this because it's i enjoy it it's such good fun and like you've rightly pointed out, this isn't a money-grabbing exercise or anything like that. This is just tokenistic. If you can chuck something in for us, it helps us with the server costs and those things. That's It's not like we're out there. We, we, you know, we do this as well as our full-time jobs. And you know, and, and I wouldn't change that. It's such fun to do. 
But do remember that, you know, I have sleepless nights because of some of these crap games that we play. <laughs> so, so you know, it just helps with the, some of the therapy needed as well. Yeah, that is true, actually. I mean, I, I'm, I'm menaced in my twilight hours now by a, a robot stalking me with a flashlight. Well, um, that's been happening for some time. And um, <laughs> I, uh, every time I have flapping sound at the window, I think that it's David Bowie trying to get in dressed as an owl to menace me with his bulge and his swirly balls. And that's not something I ever want to, you know, the ghost of Bowie and his bulge is not something I want entering through my window or anything. <laughs> Here's a thought, just as, just at the end of this, and just to go back to our last year's awards and our other crap vert, which was Metabolis. Mm-hmm. So at the point when that owl changes into Bowie at midpoint sort of thing, is Bowie Metabolis? Yes, he could be at, at a certain point because it, it doesn't happen quick. But but that thing had bulge. Metabolis had proper bird bulge. Yes. We spoke about it. Well, there's a, maybe there's an inspiration there that, when they thought about how how are we going to change David Bowie? How are we going to change an owl into David Bowie? I'd like to see their tweens. Do you know they're sort of in between stages? Yeah, yeah. So I'd like to see David Bowie's body with an owl head. Then, and but the bulge will remain. It will always be, you know, that'll always be a panted owl. It's going to be owl top. It's going to transform owl downwards, I think. It's not going to be... You know, I don't know. It's not going to be owl. It'd be owl to Bowie, not so Bowie be, to owl. I think that makes sense. But. So it'd be David, David Bowerly. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Just, and it, it sounds if he gets, wrong. If he doesn't change that fully. better in my head. If he doesn't change fully at any point, you're going to be presented with a with Metabolist. <laughs> That'll be what you're presented with. And at that point, what do you do then? You know, I can kick him in the bulge and run for the hills, I think. <laughs> yeah, met- Metabolowie. Oh, the other is just three <laughs> crystal balls just hit the ground. If you kick him in his, uh, in his bulge, that's where he keeps them. <laughs> he keeps his crystal balls there. <laughs> and on that note, and on that note, please support, please support our Patreon. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's said. Uh, <laughs> but if you want more content like this nonsense, um, so I think that's it. That's it that's for it. 1986. Next yes. week, we we launch full blown into 1987. We do, um, and see what joys, delights, terrors, and horrors it brings. So I think on that note. Should we go? I think that's time to call it quits for 1986. I think it is. So I have been Adrian Mills. I have been Graham Ruddings. And you have been listening to the Golden Breadbin Awards for 1986 from Zapped to the Past. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Zapped to the Past podcast. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the world of Commodore 64 games, as well as the music, films and TV from around the 1980s, driven, of course, by the issue of Zap 64 magazine published at that time. We will return with a whole new batch of games and stuff to talk about next week. Until then, if you want to listen to or download previous episodes of Zap to the Past, and why wouldn't you, they can all be found on our website at zaptothepast.com, as well as being available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, Audible, Player FM, and, well, pretty much anywhere where we can upload them. By the way, we do always love to hear from our amazing listeners, so if you'd like to contact us about anything in the podcast or beyond, you can do so by emailing us at zaptothepast at gmail.com. We're also active on Twitter under at Zaptother, as well as Facebook, Instagram, and most social media platforms. Just search for Zap to the Past and you'll find us. Oh, and if you like the podcast and what we're doing, please do like, share, review, rate us. It really helps. Something, apparently. The Zap to the Past podcast is written and produced by Adrian Mills and Graham Ruddings and recorded at Flaky Bits 2.0 Studio. All opinions expressed are those of the writers, and while we indeed love Zap64 magazine, the Zap to the Past podcast is not affiliated with it in any way. Stay safe, see you next time, and remember, we play these games so you don't have to.